Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Smack down the line, fair ball, that's in the corner, and the Cardinals break through. Gorman does pick up his 40th RBI, it comes in the eighth, it's one to nothing, St. Louis. Will make it a 15-game hitting streak for the young Gorman. Continues to step up in big spots. Tried to tie him up inside, and he gets those fast hands to it. Drives it right down the line and brings in Newt. Let's get nasty on a Thursday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Chip Carey on the call. Valley Sports Midwest as Nolan Gorman doubles to right in the top of the eighth inning to give the Cardinals a 1-0 lead in Cincinnati today. Gorman then scored on a passed ball. Oh, he was aggressive on that too, Anthony. He was just waiting. He was like a starving dog on a bone. He was lying in the weeds. Ah, He was a big boy coming down third base. Winds up scoring. Cardinals up 2-0. That's where it currently sits in the bottom of the ninth right now. They are reviewing a play that would give the Reds a runner at second base with only one out. In fact, that review is in, and the, the Reds will have a runner at second base. Again, 2-0. But the, the story today, gentlemen, especially coming off a rough start last night by Steven Matz, is Miles Michaelis. What? Yeah, we'll get to Matz. Miles <laughs> Michaelis, seven, seven innings. Yeah, well said. Miles Michaelis, seven innings today, allows five hits, doesn't walk a batter, five strikeouts, incredibly efficient, only 95 pitches overall, Jamie, on the in the outing. And this is now two quality starts in a row for Miles Michaelis, who has completely turned around his season. He at one point had an ERA that was north of 10. His ERA after today's performance is now down to four four point two three. So at least one of your five starters has is is back to doing what he is expected to do. This is the Miles Michaelis that we anticipated. I mean, let's be real. He started terrible. I mean, he would say that himself. In fact, he has said that himself. This is what we expect from Miles Michaels. Six, seven innings. You know, the strikeouts are never going to blow you away. Every now and then he might have a game where, you know, he gets seven or eight. But staying in that four to six range on the strikeouts, the best part is no walks. No walks, a lot of soft contact, extremely efficient, to your point. He had 65 strikes out of 95 pitches. That's a great percentage as well. So this is if this is what we can expect from Miles Michaelis on a consistent basis, sign me up. I'm good for this. This is who he is, in my opinion. This is who he is. Miles Michaelis got ahead of hitters today. Ground balls seven. It, it, the fly balls were nine. That that the fly balls that that's still a little high for him, but. Uh, you know, overall, nonetheless, Miles Michaelis was incredibly efficient today. Kept the ball in the ballpark. Did an excellent job against the Cincinnati lineup that, as guys like Steven Matz and Adam Wainwright found out the, the previous two nights, is pretty good. The top of the lineup, as you mentioned, Jamie, you and I were talking about this off air. The top of the lineup for Cincinnati is, is solid with TJ Friedel, and then you get this kid, McLean, Jonathan India, hitting either at the top of the lineup or 
you know, third like he has today and at various times in this uh, this this series. But overall, the Cardinals needed this after last night. Yeah, they did. And as we get into Stephen Maths, I mean, it, it, my question would be, are the Cardinals, is the front office tired of watching him pitch yet? I think they were before, to be honest. But what do you do? You made a decision as an organization to go get a guy who, by the way, it's not like the Cardinals just out of nowhere were like, well, let's go sign this Mats guy. I don't know much about him. There were a lot of teams that were in on Steven Mats. Most, uh, most Steve notably, Cohen was crying. That's what I'm saying. Most notably, the New York Mets. Now, no one ever said Steve Cohen was the smartest baseball guy, but he knows what he wants and he gets after it and he's willing to pay. And so when the Cardinals were able to sign Steven Matz, it was viewed as a good signing, mm-hmm. a solid addition to the rotation. It just hasn't been that. And now I don't know if he's tipping pitches or if they're just not being delivered the right way, but it is literally like the Reds knew what was coming next. I mean, for, <laughs> I honestly, Anthony, I I couldn't even get sat down at home. It was 4 nothing before I got home after the show last night. I know. We t- I turned it on in the car, yeah. and and I was like, what? what, what, what? It's 4 nothing already? I didn't even step just started out of this room before it was 4 nothing. <laughs> Ugly. Today, I didn't even think we were off the air before it was 4 nothing. Well, it was 1 nothing. I think, while we were still on the air. So the Cardinals did pick up the win today. They win 2-1. to one. The Reds scratched a run across when Fairchild singled to left, and that scored Steer, who had doubled in the previous at-bat. So a little bit of a scarier situation for Giovanni Gallegos, but nonetheless, he earns the save. Cardinals pick up a split in the series with a win today, again, 2-1. to one. This was all about Maz Michaelis. Again, seven innings of work, five hits, five Ks. Drew Verhagen came in and was sketchy. At best. Yeah, he was a little he was, all over the place. He walked too, didn't look sharp. I thought I thought that Ollie was gonna go get him at one point. Go get him. Winds up getting um India to pop up, which wound up being a huge, huge moment in the game. But nonetheless, the damage was done offensively in the eighth inning for the Cardinals. Gorman doubles, then he scores on the pass ball. So they pick up their two one two runs that way. If you're wondering, you probably already know. But Nolan, no Nolan Arenado today, no Paul Goldschmidt, no Wilson Contreras. That's so weird to me. So I understand giving guys days off. They it's a long season. And Gorman, or not Gorman, Arenado and Goldie have both fizzled out come playoff time. Whether that's just that they're tired or just the other teams are pitching very well, whatever it is, they have not been great. So I think Ollie this year is trying to be proactive in We'll call it load management in baseball, right? But why do you have to take them all out at the same time? I don't like, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that strategy. Like, if you're going to rotate them in and out, that's that's what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Goldie gets a day off. That's and, what he has been doing. Uh, Arnado then will get a day off. And, and But to just take the trio out. And Contreras probably needed a day off. But that's fine, but rotate them. I don't know. I feel like you handicap your lineup substantially when you take three bats like that out of it. Yeah. Now they managed to pull off the win, so it's all a moot point at this particular moment, but 
when I when I saw that, I was like, why all three at the same time? Mm-hmm. And Goldie's been off his feet for two games. Right. He's been DHing. So I don't know if something's going on there. Yeah, that doesn't. But it's not affecting his swing. It doesn't smell right, does but it? It's not affecting his swing, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I mean, so as long as he's, if he can still hit the ball, I'm like, okay, give him a rest. Like, Brendan Donovan can do the job at first base. Right. In fact, he's very good at first base. He's not Paul Goldschmidt, but he's good. Yeah. I, I, I will question, I will question certain decisions by coaches or managers. I question this. Why all three at the same time? Yeah, 19 games. And yet the stretch that, that you're enduring right now. So perhaps, the, you know, Ali Marmel just says, all right, I'm going to figure out where to get guys some some days off. He's, I thought he did that before today. I was surprised when the lineup came out and those three, all three of those guys were out. I figured Wilson Contreras was going to be the next guy to get a day off because even though he's he's been DHing a lot, he, he has hit a little bit of a skid, and at some point – just like Goldschmidt and Arnado, I figured, okay, they're they're going to give him the full day off. But like you, I didn't expect it to be all three guys. Well, Nonetheless, you, you won the day. And it, yeah, but it's also a little pe- peculiar to me that you have a chance to at least split the series. Like, the objective all the time is to win each series. Right. It's not realistic, but it, that's the objective. And so you have a chance to pull even in this series, and you take your three biggest bats, three of your four biggest bats. I can't forget about our guy Gorman. Mm-hmm. You take them out of the lineup? Like, what are you telling your team? You don't want to win? I, I know that's not what he means, but man, it feels like that, right? It doesn't mean that you don't. It's like you're okay with whatever happens today. Mm-hmm. I think it shows you that they have a lot of faith in what Miles Michaelis is doing on the mound to keep the, the score low, unlike yesterday. Jamie, can you go to Andrew Marsh's fan graphs page and show me if you could go to one of the, the columns there. I'm looking for spin rate. Can you look can you go to that column? Can you see oh, what yeah. Marsh's spin rate was well, after that after that comment there? It's bright red okay. right now. Yeah. Which typically means that it's like right That up was there. impressive. It's not quite as bright red as BT, mm-hmm. but it is right next to he's second in Major League Baseball right now to BT. Okay. That was impressive, Marsh. I appreciate that. Spin that. Rate. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they did back up Miles Michaelis. So, Marsh, your comments, your spin rate or no spin rate, yeah. it stands today. Anthony, you should check his fingers for the sticky. Mm. I don't think so. I think yeah. that was. I think mm. that was natural. Uh, it's, it's, it, Mike Ryder calling down from the booth says you should check him for the sticky All stuff. Right, we'll, do, we'll do that right now. We'll have Ryder do that. Yeah. By the way, we get to so check his belt line. Mm. <laughs> We get tests from the three one four. It's usually there, right, Jamie? Yeah, that's where they go to to mm. get their fingers sticky. Yeah, and then they use it on the balls. Mm. Uh, from the three one four, can we just agree to not talk about yesterday's game and only talk about today's game? Absolutely. Stephen Matt struggles again last <laughs> night. Is he going to get replaced? <laughs> talk about it next. I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're seeing a much better version of him as of late, if you look at his last several outings. It's, it's a lot more of the miles that we're used to seeing. He, he has a feel for all his pitches. He's throwing them behind the count, behind the count, keeping guys off balance. Um, Jack is looking better. 
every time out. Uh, a couple things with Monty that we can improve on, but the reality is he's given us a shot almost every time out. There are some things with Matt that we have to address and make sure that we're getting more competitive out and out of them. His last three were better, but we still need him to take that next step. That's Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel earlier this morning on the opening drive with Randy Carricker, Brooke Rimsley, and Kerry Davis. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Cardinals win today 2-1. to one. They salvage a split against the Reds. Miles Michaelis was dominant today. The Cardinals rested a lot of guys. The Reds did not. Miles Michaelis was able to give them seven innings of scoreless baseball, five hits, no walks, five five Ks in, if not his best outing of the season, one of his best outings of the season. He's he has lowered his ERA to four seven seven, which is not, which is still not good. But given where he was before, Jamie, this is this is a remarkable turnaround for Miles Michaelis. Unfortunately, Steven Matz pitched last night, and he looked more so like he has for most of the season than he looked closer to any sort of rebound. Surrendered six runs across four innings. He allowed 11 hits, six earned runs, struck out just two Reds hitters, generated 10 swinging strikes on 90 pitches, which is not exactly an impressive swinging strike percentage of 29%. 5.72 ERA right now. He's in line to start at home on Tuesday against the Royals. However, as we know now, know now, tomorrow night Matthew Libertor is going to face a Cleveland team that offensively has struggled a bit. How much does Matthew Libertor start tomorrow matter to Stephen Matz in your eyes? Well, I think it's it's massively connected. It is because if Matthew Libertor goes out and pitches the way he did the last outing when he started, then Steven Matz is at risk. Now, I will say this. Because of the way their schedule is, they've got the two days off coming up but following the May 31st game, I believe. Or they have the 31st and the first off. One of the two. It doesn't matter. They have two days off coming up. I think Steven Matz gets another start. And I think it's just to keep continuity in the rotation so that the Cardinals can take those two days off and reorganize the lineup. That's interesting. Do you think that no matter what he's replaced in the in the rotation? I do. So he could go out there and he faces a Kansas City Royals team that's not good. Yeah. And he pitches very well, but they still say we're we've made our decision. It's done. We're 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 replacing you in the starting rotation. You're gonna go to the pen. I believe that's to be the case. And I also believe that they're gonna organize their relievers in a strategic way to where when Steven Matz's next start comes up, they're prepared to go from the second inning on. And just in case. So if you've got Verhagen or some guys that can eat up some innings, Stratton can eat up some, like Palante, maybe that's a day you make sure Palante's ready to go because he can give you three or four innings mm-hmm. if need be. I think that if I'm Ollie and my prediction of what Ollie could be doing is just that. Getting ready for a piggyback on Stephen Matt's day, and then come the two days off, they're going to reshuffle the deck, and I feel like he's going to be the odd man out. I do too. Now's the time. You're almost to Memorial Day. Memorial Day's on Monday. Thank you. You're welcome. What? What are you? What are you saying to your team if you keep a struggling Stephen Matts in the lineup or in the starting rotation? You're saying that the contract's going to play no matter what. 
Because there's no good reason from an on-field standpoint to keep him in the starting rotation. Before, it may have been, well, let's give him some runway to figure some things out. You've done that. It hasn't worked. You also may have said, what what are our better options? Because Dakota Hudson really struggled in spring training, and then he went down to Memphis and was injured. Do you... Jake Woodford, you you knew you saw what Jake what Jake Woodford brought to the table early in the season. He wasn't very good, as I noted. His stuff didn't didn't seem like it played at the big league level. It was a surprise to some. <laughs> <laughs> and now <laughs> his, his numbers. <laughs> read off, Jamie. Once I was read off his numbers. Oh, he's not right? as bad as you think, Anthony. Read off his numbers. My no. God, did I Ugly. eat a bag of you know what that day. But now you have you have somebody that can replace Stephen Matz. So if you have the replacement, if you have a better option internally, which you do in Matthew Libertor, and we'll see how he does tomorrow night. But if you have a better option and Stephen Matz has not turned it around and there's been zero signs that he will turn it around, you know, May has been better. That's all I've heard. Hey, you know what? May has been better. Well, it was until yesterday. Yeah. April was a dumpster fire. So if you're saying he went from a dumpster fire to a trash can fire, it's still a fire, right? At now. least he was headed in the right direction, though, Anthony. True. Yeah. Until last night, like you a, just pointed out. Took a bit of a U-turn. Last so night. what what would be the reasoning to keep him in the in the starting rotation? And I'm that's rhetorical, because I think you and I are on the same page here. Yeah, there is no reason. I think that I think Ollie plays him one more time based on the fact that he doesn't want to screw up his rotation or get guys out of whack, take the two days off, reset. And then I think you see him go to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I think Steven Matz gets used exactly the way Zach Thompson was being used. If you need a three- or four-inning guy out of the pen, he's going to be your guy. And I think that's 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 all he'll be. Because right now his stuff is not playing. No, Whether he's tipping his pitches or his pitches are ineffective, I don't know which one it is. They're getting rocked. So even coming out of the bullpen, why would you do that? Like. You put him in a because you give him a chance, I guess. No, no, but I mean overall, like you're going to give him a chance. But as far as you know, having him as a swing and miss guy, I don't, I don't see you bringing in Steven Matz at least for a while in a game that you're winning or that right. you can no. win. It's going to be like last night. All right, bring out Matz. We need to eat up some innings here. Get him some work. Mm-hmm. See how he looks. And it's up to Steven Matz at that point to not only in the bullpen and whatever he's doing for work each day to show improvement, but it's up to him that when he gets his chance in a blowout game that he's good and that he shows that maybe you can elevate me with the leverage situation. Maybe more I'm a high leverage guy where you put me in a couple of guys on the bags. I can do this for you. And maybe, just maybe, you can trust me at one point to give me a start on a doubleheader day where you need a guy. (laughs) I'm not joking. You're facing the Royals again. Just saying. Wouldn't it be dumb to... Bring up Matthew Libertor and put him in the bullpen when they already had Zach Thompson in that same exact spot, but they sent Zach Thompson down to AAA to make him a starter, but then bring their best starter from AAA up to be a yeah. relief guy. That makes no sense to me. Unless they're trying to, unless trying to get them both going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they say they say, look, we we're not anywhere close to the trade deadline, and unless we want a broken down well past his prime Madison Bumgardner, then let's look at some internal options. So why don't we send down Zach? I, I understand your your argument on the surface. 
But to Jamie's comment, I think they've, they're saying, we may need multiple arms now. So we'll bring up Libertor, see how he does, and then Zach Thompson, when, when we deem that he's ready, he may need to replace somebody else in the starting rotation too. I get that aspect of things, and I and you know if things get out of hand, I, I think they should look into that. I just feel like there's some other, maybe some other pieces to to bring up for the bullpen instead of putting a guy that's been like Jamie said he, he's worked all summer to to be a starter. I don't think Libertor is going to be in your bullpen. I think they just were that that was this is an in the moment strategy from Ollie and for the sure. Cardinals. I think that if he has a good start tomorrow, like he is going to be in your rotation. And I hope so. And they're not going to tinker with it. It'll be Steven Matz then that becomes the tinker, and you're going to leave Libertor alone. I just have a tough time really, I wouldn't say trusting what they're saying, but just trying to get a feel for what they're saying because they've been wishy-washy for the past two months. What, the management? Just, Yeah. Yeah, but the whole the, organization on what what they what their intentions are with certain players. Yeah, but they almost have to be. Think about it. It's been so bad that the organization itself probably doesn't know what they're going to do with this lineup. They're probably well, looking at the rotation, going, "What the hell do we do?" So what do you tell the media? Hey, we're in scramble mode because they all suck. You can't say that, right? So you got to kind of polish up a turd as much as possible mm-hmm. all along the way, and that's what drives some people crazy. Yeah. It's like, why aren't they Why are they just lying to us? It's not that they're lying. They don't have an answer for this problem right now. Well, it's your point, too. There, there, is, there is a bit of public you know, relations that you need to kind of massage here, not only with the fan base, but in your own clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You're right. You can't just come on and say, yeah, this guy sucks. We're going to try this guy next. It gives off the perception that you don't know what the hell you're doing and you don't have a game plan. And maybe they don't behind the scenes, but it's up to us to try to figure out what the game plan might be. And I think the first step is is bringing up Matthew Libertor. Maybe for, provide a little competition while also keeping him, you know, uh, give, giving him an opportunity. The next step has got to be removing Stephen Matz from the starting rotation. That guy he sucks. Didn't. You went wrong. I'm not. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I wasn't talking about Steven Matz there, but a lot of time I'm like, whoa, don't say that. I Look. <laughs> I say it all the time. Kind of is what it is. That guy sucks. Yeah. See, it's just easy. Well, the, numbers, the numbers bear it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe not just my opinion. In fact, analytics actually support it. Everything does. Mm-hmm. Standard standard numbers and analytics support it at this point. Yeah. What's trending is next in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, last night, the Florida Panthers, Matthew Kachuk, they're heading to the Stanley Cup final. A lot of people on Twitter are wondering who the greatest American-born hockey player is. Some are saying it's Austin Matthews still. Of course, you have your Patrick Kane. But now, Matthew Kachuk has entered into the fold do you believe he is currently the greatest American-born player? Well, I absolutely think that. He's the most well-rounded player of all of them. Like, where's Austin Matthews right now? Oh, he's on the eighth tee, right? Couldn't get one of the most talented teams mm-hmm. past the second round. Is he on the eighth tee or is he on a milk carton? I, both. Wow. Both. We don't know where the hell he is. In fact, we haven't seen him since, oh, I don't know, the first round of the playoffs. FBI sent looking at it. They are. Mm. The Mounties are looking into mm-hmm. it up north. <laughs> yeah. They know. They know. They know exactly uh, where he is. <laughs> yeah, they do. No, Matthew Kachuk, guys, honestly, and it's not me just, you know, clamoring here for Matthew because I know the kid very well and that he's from St. Louis, but how can you argue it? Out of four games... The first two, he scored the overtime winners. The third game, he gets the assist, the primary assist, off the winning goal. And in the fourth game, he ends the series with a game-winning goal with four seconds left in the game. And he's every time there's a battle down low, he wins those battles. He gets to the front of the net at a, in a, on a regular basis. He's in guys' faces. He hits. He defends. He back checks. He'll fight if... If that's what the situation calls for, he'll do it. He is the best all-around American-born player currently in the NHL. This is what it looks like when an individual wants to win a championship. This is what it looks like. And really, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure changing Matthew Kachuk because from all I, from all that you have told me, Jamie, he works just as hard, if not harder, off the ice than he does on the ice. Yeah, both him and his brother uh, are so dedicated. They work so hard all the time. But this is this is what this is what a championship player looks like. He's dragging his team into the battle, Anthony. Like Paul Maurice uh, last night, post game, he's raved about Matthew all season long. But post game, Paul Maurice says that Matthew, quoting him directly, has a sense of what each guy can do, and he has the ability to tailor his game to those different people. Basically, whoever the hell you put him on the ice with is who he can play with. Mm-hmm. There's nobody he cannot play with. I mean, that's a massive compliment to the kid. Yeah. And you hear mic'd up last night. Usually the TNT broadcast, the ESPN, you get the guy mic'd up. You get like nothing. You get a couple of grunts, maybe a way to go, boys, and that's it. Listen to Matthew. He is He's not just a player. He's a coach. He's a leader. He's telling the guys. He's like, they got 5D. 5D, guys. Everything has to get behind them. We wear them down. Because the, they lost Jacob Slavin early in that game. We'll talk mm. about that in a minute. So they're down to five defensemen. Matthew Kachuk is telling his teammates, like, this, we have, get the puck deep. We don't need to screw around. Get it in deep. Let's work them, work them, work them. And the guys respect it. Look at the, the players, they're t- his teammates. I think they were happier for him than he was. They couldn't wait to tackle him. 
I know that's the exuberance of winning too, but specifically to that individual, yeah. they love him because he walks the walk, or he talks the talk and walks the walk at the same time. Mm-hmm. That that little thing that you just add, added there with the, the the tidbit about him recognizing the five defensemen, that to me is also game film. It's awareness to know what's going on in a game and not just going to the bench and just gathering yourself and and then, all right, when's my next shift? That's understanding what is going on at all times in the game, and that is film work. To have that knowledge, to know who's on the ice, what's the personnel, and furthermore, the next step is what you have to do. He's impressive. We are watching a superstar being born right here on national TV. And his brother is right there, too. Brady's about a year and some teammates away from doing a lot of what Matthew is doing. They do it differently, don't get me wrong, but they're both wired the same way with the same drive, the same competitiveness, and they both have tremendous hockey IQ, and that's from having their father, Walt, and other guys that coach with Walt, great people along the way that help them think the game before you know physically doing it. So very impressive, both of them. How about Big Walt supporting the... Uh... OB Clark's hat. Oh, Big Walt has been supporting <laughs> OB Clark yeah. for a decade, at maybe yeah. 15 years, maybe 20 years at this point. He He's earned that hat. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like an OB Clark's hat always pops up on the national stage at some point. They'll well, always it's, show it's always the, the Kachucks. For sure. <laughs> they all, all of them wear the OB Clark's. I don't even know. Like They don't have to pay for a hat for the rest of their lives. <laughs> they make nice hats. I've got a couple. They are good. That's a great spot. Guys, tonight the Celtics looking to grab another victory against the Heat. Game five, Gabe Vincent of Miami has been ruled out with an ankle sprain. Anthony, do you believe that the Celtics can come back in this series? Or or at least just win tonight? Yeah, I think I honestly think that they they can come back. I think they got to find their outside game though. I mean, the the three point line has not been Boston's friend in this series. They've allowed Jimmy Butler to do whatever whatever he wants. If they've had, they've had blown defensive assignment assignments, uh, they've been kind of aimless when it comes to their switches. The the how you know the, they're not closing out a lot of the times, and Miami has just taken it to them. But they are a good defensive team overall. So I think if Boston can, one, have a strategy in place of Jimmy Butler isn't going to beat us, but also, I mean, Jamie, we talk about this in every sport. What are the two things that you need to play good defense? You have to have effort, and you have to have urgency. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to want to play defense. It's not fun. <laughs> no, it isn't. So if Boston can come to the table and and not necessarily worry about how do we outscore Miami tonight? But how do we keep the damn ball out of out of our own net? I think Boston's got a really good shot to make it three two, and then the seed of doubt might might be planted in Miami. But there's a reason why Miami's up three one now. They've taken it to Boston in every in, in all facets of the game. I mean that game three matchup that Miami had. I mean that was a complete defensive display. So. I'm interested. Again, I think the, the 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 Celtics have to find the three ball, but if they don't play strong defensively, it's not going to matter tonight. But yes, I do think they can get back into it. They're a good team. All right, that's what's trending in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Barrett Jackman's going to join us next. We'll talk to Jax about Matthew Kachuk, the NHL playoffs, 
Get a couple of stories, I'm sure, out of him when it comes to his former teammate, Keith Kachuk, as well. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh on the dials. We head out to our celebrity line to welcome in none other than my good buddy, Barrett Jackman. Jax, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Stanley Cup playoffs, in my opinion, this year has offered a lot. You know, the very couple for a couple first series, there were like a lot of physicality. There were some fights, some upsets. But we have to circle back to Matthew Kachuk and what he's been able to do with that Florida Panthers team, which you know a year ago they were President's Trophy winners, but it looked kind of bleak for a little bit this year leading into the playoffs. But just your opinion on watching you know the Florida Panthers overall and Matthew so far? Yeah, they're definitely willing themselves uh, to to win games. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of looking at analytics and, and trying to put a team together like that, but. Uh, you look at Matthew Kachuk and, and you know some of the other guys that are on that team, uh, you know Bennett and uh, the Stalls. There's a lot of guys that maybe don't look pretty on paper, but uh, when it comes to the game, they're uh, they're gamers, they're physical, they're they're uh, uh, they're gritty in front of nets. They win one-on-one battles, and, and you know they're playing great as a team right now. And having a goaltender like uh, Bobrovsky, it's uh, it's pretty easy to play that way. So, Jax, I was telling Anthony this the other day. I'm like, there's two ways to build a team. And you look at certain rosters, and they're built for the regular season to where you got a ton of skill and speed and perimeter players, and you can win some games, and you get in the playoffs. And then you have a team that's built for the playoffs that may not be as sexy in the regular season. And I think that's what we have here in the Florida Panthers with a team that you're like, okay, they limped in probably more than they wanted to. But this is a team that's built way better for the grind of the playoffs. Yeah, one hundred percent. We uh, uh, during spring break we were actually down in Florida and got to go catch a game and uh, just just watching that team play. You know, regular season you know, they kind of just just snuck in, but uh, they're just doing a lot of the little things, especially down the stretch to to get in. Uh, kind of uh, very similar to what the Blues did in, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, you know, physicality. You got Gudis and and Stahl and and you know some some big you know maybe not uh, you know well known players on the back end, but guys that are just uh, willing to block shots, uh, make it hard for the opposition to get to the net. And you know that's that's what wins uh, playoff games. And, and you know when you get a clutch guy like Matthew, that's you know you know is going to score the game winner every night. It's uh, uh, it's a big bonus as well. Jax, Jamie has often broke down how Matthew Kachuk likes to use that that big rear end just like Keith <laughs> Kachuk used to do. Uh, what other what other aspects of Matthew's game when you're watching him did does did, you know when you watch him play it's like man that screams uh, that screams the old man. Yeah, just uh, you know his his nastiness. Uh, you know, Big Walt was one of those guys that uh, wasn't afraid to give a little shot and piss people off, and then uh, you know have his teammates kind of come in and. And, uh, you know, you were drawn into the battle every night. And, you know, Big Walt never took a night off. He was always center for the night, taking a beating. And, and uh, he would do anything to, to get the cookies and score goals. And 
Matthew's the same way. Uh, you know, you, you look at every scrum, he's high energy. He's, he's in there mixing it up and, and, you know, he, he really fires up his teammates. And, uh, when you have that emotion and one of your best players, uh, uh, everybody around him has to, to match that and, and bring into the fight. And, you know, it's so much fun to watch Matthew and what he's doing and, and, you know, the success that he's had down in Florida is you know, a great kid on and off the ice. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, he wins a cup. So, Jax, in today's game, playing against someone like a Matthew Kachuk that uses their physicality and also has a high level of skill, you being a former defenseman, I mean, I look at it all the time and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I would defend against some of these guys without taking penalties on a consistent basis because they use the physicality while carrying the puck, and Matthew's like that. For you, when you watch the game, and you're, if you were coaching a young defenseman in the NHL, how would you advise him to try and play a guy like that? You've got to be ready for the unexpected. Uh, Matthew's got so many little uh, tricks up his sleeves. Uh, you know, a guy like him, he, he comes at you. He'll reverse hit you before uh, you get to him and, and you can hit him. And uh, But he's he's just always moving. He's always finding the, uh, the good ice. And, uh, some of the little plays he's made on the power play, you know, from the half wall into, uh, uh, you know, the shooter in the slot or, you know, you know, driving the goal line and opening things up for himself. Uh, uh, you, you really, you just have to be aware and, and be ready for anything when, when it comes to him. And, um, you know, you can't really out-physical the kid because you're never going to intimidate him. So it, it's really, it's, it's contained and uh, just try and get your timing down with him. Bear Jackman, former Blues defenseman, joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jax, I'm sure you're not surprised at all that for, former Blue Alex Petrangelo continues to have success for Vegas. If it winds up being Vegas in Florida, who who has the edge in this in this series? It's it's a tough call. I think the uh, the goal thing with Florida, I think, is is really going to come through. And um, yeah, I like the mobility of. Uh, uh, the back end of uh, Vegas, but you know, I just love the uh, the heart and the grit and uh, the determination of Florida. So, I'm uh, I'm obviously going for uh, for uh, Chucky, and uh, you know, hopefully Florida gets the uh, the W. Jax, I know you've been watching these games and watching that game the other night, Vegas Dallas. I- I'm watching Jamie Ben and that whole situation kind of unfold. And look, we've both been in that situation. Uh, it's tough to control your emotions, but when you when you saw that play initially, you know what was your thought of it, and do you think the two game suspension, um, if, whether was it worthy of a two game suspension? Uh, definitely two games, and I'm actually shocked that maybe it wasn't uh, a couple more. Uh, you know, there's there's times to you know kind of you know emotions get the best of you, but uh, you know step. Uh, you know, drop down a cross check guy in the uh, in the face the way that he did is uh, uh, that's pretty uh, you know that's that's pretty ugly and you know, it's very disappointing for him. He's such a you know such a great guy too. Uh, he plays the game hard. He plays the right way. And uh, I, the, the frustration of losing uh, you know two games uh, the way that they did and then you know taking uh, you know a pretty stupid penalty really hurt their uh, their team in uh, game three. 
Jax, I'm I'm anxious to hear this. What did you think of Jamie Benn's defense to it, where he was just he was falling <laughs> and uh, should not have used his stick as a landing point? When you watch the video and he takes a stride and a half before, oh, I don't know, thrusting down on Stone's head, I don't know if I liked his defense. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, I don't know if he did not see the play and he blacked out when uh, when it happened. And uh, but yeah, that was uh, it was a pretty weak, uh, uh, you know, kind of excuse. And I'm, I'm surprised that the uh, their media relations people didn't have a little conversation with them before and. and definitely after that uh, that comment. Jax, as we transition over to the Blues, from what you've seen over the last year plus now, what do you think the Blues need to do moving forward here in terms of personnel? Uh, you know, it's tough. Uh, be interested to see what Army does, uh, you know, coming up to the draft. Uh, you know, I don't know if a 10th overall pick would be ready to, to step in the lineup right away and, you know, Hopefully, maybe they get a a big defenseman to to come down the pipe, uh, you know, a little bit later. But uh, you know, just kind of you know, a couple of agents, uh, you know, probably second line, uh, you know, winger, just some guys maybe to replace uh, what they lost in uh, you know, in, in O'Reilly and, and Tarasenko. But I, I like the additions that the that Army did at the uh, the, the deadline and. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, a couple of those guys continue to, uh, to grow with the team and, and continue to play blues hockey. But there's a, there's a lot of uh, little tinkering that, that I'm sure Army's going to do. And uh, I've got faith that uh, he'll, uh, he'll do it. Jack, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you here. The Blues are in need of a Barrett Jackman. And I don't just say that. No, I don't just say that. You know me. I'd rather I'd rather insult you, quite honestly. But, um, exactly. You usually do. <laughs> but no, they, they're in need of a Barrett Jackman-style defenseman. And the, the one guy that we saw a little bit last year that probably worked his way into the heart of Craig Berube was Tyler Tucker. And when you look at Tyler Tucker, um, you know, what is it about his game that you think, you know, can really help the Blues? Uh, just his toughness, I think, is uh, his steadiness uh, as a support piece. Uh, you know, you always like to have a balance of, you know, maybe an offensive guy with a stay-at-home defenseman. And uh, I think Tucker really proved himself with his uh, his mobility, uh, you know, just his hockey sense. He's not going to be too flashy, but he keeps plays alive uh, in the offensive zone and uh, gets shots through and, you know, really, you know, Simplifying a guy that can uh, can drop the mitts and uh, and, and play that way, and, and you know that he's going to be that physical present every night is uh, uh, is a huge uh, huge bonus, and I, th- I think he really will uh, play his way into the lineup next year. Jax, I know you guys are always busy in and out of town all summer long with the family, the kiddos, and all that. What's uh, what's on the slate here for the Jackman family? Are you guys in town? Are you are you headed up north? Are you headed out of town anywhere? Uh, my boys playing baseball, so um, you know it's uh, it's pretty intense. We get tournaments every weekend. We'll be in Chesterfield this weekend. We'll be in Indy uh, the following weekend. Go to Omaha here in uh, about three weeks, and so at the ballpark, uh, I'm the uh, the scorekeeper, the game changer. So it's uh, you know it's pretty fun to to watch my boy and uh, his buddies have uh, some pretty good success playing uh, baseball. Jax, that's a big responsibility. I hope you leave the cooler at home. <laughs> that's the only reason I do it. So yeah, you can sit in the dugout and uh, get some shade, and uh, keeps me away from the uh, you know the dozen uh, uh, AB products. <laughs> well, buddy, uh, look, we appreciate you 
joining us today. And good luck to uh, your young fella there with, with all the baseball stuff. And say hi to the family, please, for me. And really appreciate you coming on here today. Uh, anytime, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jax. You too. That's Bear Jackman, former Blues defenseman here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Not a bad strategy. It gets hot. Oh, these baseball tournaments. It does. My daughter played softball for for a hot minute, and that's exactly what it was—a hot minute. We went to tournament one time. I I I almost chose death over standing out there for another baseball game. It was 120 degrees on the heat index. I was like, this this is not fun at all. I had umbrellas. I had like, I bought you know the Ryobi tools, right? Oh yeah. They got the big contractor fan. fan. Mm-hmm. I had seven batteries charged up. <laughs> So as soon as that thing clicked off, I clicked another one in there. I'm like, don't you dare go away on me. I barely limped through the finish line with that thing working. No, thank you. You stay with me. Yeah. I'll be in the dugout with Jax. Thank you. I'm nice. good. Is that why it's always like 32 degrees in this room? I can't stand it. My th- my thermometer runs hot. Right now, my mom in town, she's she like, she gets cold. She's cold. I'm like, mom, it, my, my AC went out. Yeah. Thank goodness we had Swiss air heating and cooling to come out and fix that for me. Got it right back to the way I like it. But Mumsy, she like she said, oh, I like it. 80's fine. No, it's not, 80. Mom. No, it's not. Your son is melting into a puddle. I look like Frosty the Snowman when he gets outdoors. Like, no. <laughs> no. So, yes, I like the cold. Mumsy's probably turning the thermostat up right now. <laughs> I'll put a lock on that thing. I walk in, it's already turned up. What are, you, what are we doing here? Why is it 80 in wow, here? It was a little cold. No, it wasn't. Walk outside. 75 isn't cold. Go on the patio, Ma. She does. She sits up back. Good old Mumsy. Cardinals pick up a win today. They split the series against the Reds. We'll go over some of the bigger storylines from today's game next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think I had pretty good command early on. I feel like I didn't really wake up and find my better fastball until about the you know third inning. This 12:30 games will will get you. <laughs> you know, sometimes you forget uh, these early games. You know how how much effort you need to throw a good fastball. You're kind of just going through the the motions. But my my location and the movement on things were good early. Yeah, I would say so. Miles Michaelis was outstanding today. He came through in a big way for the Cardinals. The Cardinals' bullpen had been taxed because of short starts from previous starters, especially Stephen Matz last night. What's up? My mom's mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's, he's listening right now, I guess. She's upset about the thermostat? Oh, yeah. For outing her, for one thing. And two, she goes... Why did you not? Say, what did you not say that the temperature? What did you say the temperature was in your house? It's set at sixty nine degrees. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Hey, keep it safe. <laughs> Go outside, Mumsy. It's hot out. <laughs> Love you. You're probably the one. What? That wants it warm. Oh, no. No, sir. Your poor mother. She comes in. She wants to visit you. And she doesn't want to be slandered on radio. Slander. <laughs> yeah. I got your back, Mama Rivers. Yeah. 
I'm grounded, apparently. You should be. So while it's Michaelis, he came through in a big way for the Cardinals. Bullpen was taxed. He comes up seven innings today, and he was excellent. He allows just five hits over seven scoreless innings. Struck out five, did not walk a batter, threw 95 pitches overall. 65 of them were strikes. He pounded the strike zone. He kept it efficient. For the most part, kept the ball on the ground. When the ball was put in the air, Jamie kept the ball in the yard. It was an excellent start for him. They have to start. The Cardinals pitching staff needs to start piling it, piling these type of starts up. Yesterday, we were asked, I think it was in the Sports Six back, maybe it was the biggest question of the day. Hey, what does a good start tonight look for, you know, out of Steven Maths? Can we still can we go back? I mean, not giving up four runs in the first, I guess we should have started there. Not having them hit lightning bolts for two innings straight. Yeah, but at some point you got you have to start to compile quality starts. And Miles Michaelis has done that, at least in his last two starts. He was the storyline today. Miles Michaelis was really good. And but so here's my thing. It has to start looking more like this. Yep. For the entire staff. I get it. April sucked. It was tough. Uh WBC, uh, new catcher, pitch clock, whatever you want to use. I'm fine with. Okay. You got it. You had your month. In May, though, you have to start showing me that you can change it. You have to show me progress. And Miles Michaelis has. He's shown progress. You know, Montgomery's been solid-ish all season long. Tough outing the last one, but I don't believe that to be who he is. I think who he is is who we've seen on a consistent basis here with the Cardinals. He's a good two or three starter on a regular team. Probably a three. Here he's probably a number one right now, or maybe a number two, depending on the day of the week. Miles, Michaelis, and Jordan Montgomery, to me, are my smallest question marks. In fact, not even, because I, I I know what I'm getting for the most part. But the other three are, are big question marks. Flaherty, I, you just don't know from a day-to-day basis what you're getting. Steven Matz, you certainly don't know. Adam Wainwright, he's gotten a couple of wins here. Great. Uh, he feels good. In him talking to the media, he feels like it's about to turn really good for him. Good. I hope so. I hope it goes like the the path of Miles Michaelis to where all of a sudden Wayno's found his game again, a lot of weak contact, being very efficient, getting through six, seven innings at a time. Perfect. I'm still worried about the other two. It's, it's question marks that drive me crazy right now with this pitching staff. So, yes, going back to the, the, the crux of this conversation, Miles Michaelis, I loved his game today. He's looking confident again on the mound. Like he's his body language is like he's he's a presence out there. He's not wowing you with strikeouts, but he's locating pitches properly. He's getting the pop outs. He's getting the ground outs. He's getting you through. He's getting quality starts, which is what this bullpen needs. The bullpen just probably bought him a beer. Hey man, <laughs> thanks a lot. Appreciate six of us not having to go out there today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit far fetched, but you know what I mean. Is it? Ah. The other story I thought, Jamie, was Nolan Gorman again. Nolan Gorman was moved up in the in the order with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Wilson Contreras all out. So Nolan Gorman gets moved into the two-hole, which is where Paul Goldschmidt has mostly resided this season. He doubles down the right field line in the top of the eighth inning. He scores Lars Newbar to break a scoreless tie. Then he steals third without a throw and scores on a wild pitch to provide what turned out to be the game-winning run because the Reds did 
get a run of their own in the bottom of the ninth off of Gio, uh, Gio Gallegos. So Nolan Gorman continues to be... I at, at this point, Jim, when I saw the lineup come out, and no offense to anybody else, because Paul DeYoung's been great. He had a rough day today, but he's been great. And Lars Newport's been great. But when I looked at the lineup today and saw no Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, or Paul Goldschmidt, I did think to myself, I'm like, well, Nolan Gorman's going to have to win this thing. Which is crazy to think about based on where we were at the end of last year with Gorman, which was like, ah, we'll see. He has completely turned into not only an everyday player, but an absolute stud. And I don't think this is a situation, and I, you know, save this audio for a month from now. But, Jamie, I haven't seen anything to indicate that this is just a hot streak that's going to go away. He looks the part. You know, when certain, you know certain athletes just look the part? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he looks the part. It's like when, we, when you watch Matthew Kachuk right now, you're like, okay, yep, this, is, this guy's a, a superstar. Nolan Gorman, you watch him play, he's like, yep, that's real. But here's the, the best part about it. It's trended that way for a long time for him. He's always been one of the best. That's why he was such a high prospect. That's why there was so much hype around this kid. Yeah, he didn't walk into the majors and crush it right away. But if you look back at last year, that year might be the most beneficial year in Gorman's career. One, he knew he could touch seats. Mm-hmm. I got the power to to take pitchers out of the yard. Like He-Man. Yeah. I also know that I've got to change some things if I'm going to do that on a regular basis. And he did. He looks like a very serious individual, by the way. He's always like in game mode, which is great. I hope that in the clubhouse and like at the hotel, he's a goofy son of a gun. Because <laughs> on the field, he is like all business. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, though, because he treated his career that way. And he changed things around and tweaked a couple things, and now he's a dominant player. One of the most dominant offensive players in all of baseball. So, yeah, this is the real deal. I think this is what it is. It may not always be, um, you know, as crazy as it is right now for his success, but I think it's going to tinker in and around that. I think yep. he's going to have a very successful season or career. He is, That double, by the way, also extended his hitting streak to 15 games. Mm. Is that good? It's really good. We can't get to 11. We can't even get to 10. beat the streak. No, Jamie got to 10, didn't he? Well, did. Jamie got to 10, yeah, but we yeah. can't get past 10. Yeah. I think it's crazy in, in my head right now. I don't think I would have said this at the beginning of the year, but if I had to choose one guy in this lineup with the game on the line, two outs, I'm, I'm choosing Nolan Gorman. I agree. Which is crazy to say with a lineup with Goldschmidt, yeah, but- Arenado, Wilson Contreras. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at but right he's now. he's clutch. He's he stud. is. Like our, our good friend Lisa, who loves clutch hitters, mm-hmm. okay? And Goldie and Arenado, unfortunately, they their bats have not been there in the postseason. You so watch they, your mouth. So therefore, a lot of people feel like maybe they're not pressure hitters. Gorman, it's like he loves the moment. You bring up Matthew Kachuk, same thing. Game on the line, he wants a puck on his stick. Nolan Gorman, game on the line, he wants to be in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. Give me that guy every day. That's what, that's what like winners are. There's the guys who want it, Anthony. Darn right. You want it, Jamie. Always. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Matthew Libertore, he's going to start tomorrow in Cleveland. Is this the biggest start of his career? Oh, Anthony, why are you putting that pressure on the kid? I say yes, so does Jamie. It's that's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He's going to throw tomorrow against Cleveland and uh, followed by Jack. And, and we're looking forward to that out. He did a nice job <clears throat> his last time out. He did a really nice job that towards the end of spring training. You can tell that there's a difference to his fastball. He was landing his off-speed stuff. He was getting more swing and miss. And he carried that for the last six weeks in AAA and just was consistent with it. And he's more than deserving uh, of a shot in this rotation. That was Ali Marmel, Cardinals manager, earlier today on the opening drive with Randy Carricker, Brooke Grimsley, and Kerry Davis. We are the Fast Lane. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh. Appreciate everybody joining us here in St. Louis. I, jo- I joked about it in my tease. I'm like, ah, is this Matthew Libertor's biggest start in his career? Then the more I thought about it in the break, I'm like, no, this is the biggest start of his career. So Jamie. far, yeah. This is his opportunity. Not that last last week wasn't a big start or a, an opportunity to showcase himself, but this is this is another start where Stephen Matz falters. This is another situation where you open up a series against a Cleveland team that has not been tearing the cover off the ball of late. This is a huge start for him. I do think that this is the biggest start of his career. Seize the moment. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's always a lot of pressure on a young player. I, I can don't tell care. you, I can tell you from past experience that you know those those moments are stressful, but they're exciting all at the same time. Uh, and so, I think Matthew Libertor has had enough humble pie because I feel like that always is is something too that you have to have tasted the humble pie. You're down in the minors, you're riding the buses, you get the soggy sandwiches after the game, and all that stuff. To now you get your moment. You're like, I'm not pissing this away. Mm-hmm. I am not. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to go out and shove tomorrow. I hope he does. But my bigger question, Anthony, surrounding this whole Matthew Libertor, Stephen Matz debate, what if Libertor is just average tomorrow? Or what if he's not great? What's the pivot then? I'd give another start. Okay. I, I'm not saying you don't. However. Yeah. Well, Jamie, uh, how do I put this? You're screwed until the deadline. Okay. Well, that's not really a solution, though, Anthony. That's just a result. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, give me a second here. You're screwed until mm, the deadline. There it is. Much better. <laughs> internally, you don't have you don't have an abundance of options. No, internally. You, you don't. You have This is this is one of them. This is this is the guy. Unless you want to see Jake Woodford again. Well, unfortunately, Jake Woodford, I just don't see that happening. I don't either. Um showed some promise at the end of last year, but kind of went away after spring training he earned it in the spring training he did and then he, he i mean he, he he didn't he didn't look the part the stuff was not good the stuff was flat i don't think anything has changed so what do you do if matthew libertor doesn't pitch well tomorrow i hate to say it this way but there's some real desperation now you don't have four guys that are good and your fifth starter is injured, and you're giving Matthew Libertor an opportunity. You have four struggling pitchers, or three struggling struggling pitchers, depending where you are on Jordan Montgomery. And I'm with you. I, I think Montgomery's fine. Yeah. But you have three starters that are struggling. 
You need Matthew Libertor to, to pitch well tomorrow. So this is kind of where we're at. What's the what's the pivot from here? This is the pivot. <laughs> we get a good text here to the Air Comfort Service text line. That number is 314-399-9646. Text anytime during the show. We love it. From the 618. Have you ever heard that you don't have to run faster than the bear? You just have to run faster <laughs> than your buddy? That's what Libertor has to do. He just has to be better than Matt's. Pretty much. <laughs> you did. You posed the question. Well what said. If, what, if he's, what if he's average? Well, he'd be better than Stephen Matt's. <laughs> That's well said. This has got to be the, the, the Stephen Matt's thing for now needs to be shelved. shelved. He was injured all last year. Since he has become a Cardinal, unfortunately, he's been a disaster. So you move him to the bullpen. You give Libertor an extended run here. He had one start. It went very well. I'm not going to count the bullpen thing. That was dumb. (laughs) Well said. I think you give him five starts at least. I feel like you have to. You have to have a bulk number of starts to actually evaluate I mean, otherwise, what are you evaluating? Right. You can't just expect a guy to be awesome in two starts. Oh, he solidified himself, or he's out. No, you got it. You have to give the guy a little bit of runway, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals traditionally have done that. Maybe not with the young pitchers all the time. I'm not going to speak out of turn here, but the whole "be patient" motto is because they waited out. Right. And Ollie brought up a good uh, point this morning on the morning show on the opening drive. He talked about, you know, the Jordan Hicks thing. There are a lot of people that were like, get him out. He's gone. Goodbye. DFA. Send him down. A lot of people. And I think we even at one point were like, yeah, he's done. And Ollie was like, nah, sometimes you just have to be patient. You see things that, you know, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Or we have, you know, inside track on things that not everybody can see. Yeah. And that seemed to work out. Jordan Hicks picked pretty well for the Cardinals right now. Out of bullpen, nonetheless. Not as a starter. Um, so maybe there's maybe there's an opportunity to pull back the reins on Steven Matz and get him in the bullpen and work with him and have him work through some things yeah. and, and give him some some time to do that. But the same token, also give Matthew Libertor a bulk number of starts so that he can one start to uh, establish himself either on the big league roster or establish himself as eh, he's not ready yet. Either way, you have to get. To your point, five starts ish to find out maybe what where it's trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already do what's trending. John Den it was good. Tweeted out yesterday, actually earlier today, that the starting rotation over the weekend in Cleveland will be Matthew Libertor tomorrow night, Jack Flaherty on Saturday, and Jordan Montgomery on Sunday. We got a, a text into the Air Comfort Service text line at three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six earlier in the show that said, "Did I hear that right?" That Jack Flaherty will piggyback Matthew Libertor tomorrow. You did not hear that right. No. Matthew it is when you hear the audio, it is a little bit confusing because he says Libertor go tomorrow and Jack then Jack. I don't pull it up, Marshy. Uh, he's gonna throw tomorrow against Cleveland and uh followed by Jack and, and we're looking followed forward to that Jack. outing. He did a nice job. All he means following the next game by Jack, but I think I think our texter was like Libertor will be like, get, and then piggyback Jack, Got like, it. followed by Jack. Yeah, no. Jack Flaherty will start on Saturday. Yeah. By the way, Matthew Libertor, going back to that start last week, this is, this is from MLB Pipeline. 
He was the number. He's the 90, 92nd prospect. Had his fastball and curve curveball working to fan six across five scoreless innings again, and that did in, in his twenty twenty three debut last week against the Brewers. Ninety five point six, ninety seven point six, seventy nine point eight, seventy seventy seven point nine, seventy seven point nine, ninety four point five. When it comes to mixing up speeds, it's not just it's not just about the speed. It's a, it is about leveling your pitches as well. And this was something that I think Lively, unfortunately, did very well last night to the Cardinals hitters. He was able to to not only mix up his pitches, but you know he he would spot his fastball down, then raise the eye level of the hitter to get a strikeout. You know, then he'd start up, then he then he'd take take the eye level back down. And that is one thing that I think Matthew Libertor, I hope, will continue to do. It's this is pitching. It's not just, here's my stuff, here's 97.6. It's 97.6 on the black. Mm. It's tunneling your pitches. It's varying the levels. It's pitching. It's the art form of pitching. And with a young player like that, I think when when guys first come up, and this is across the board, it's here's 98, let's see if you can hit it. But if you can't locate, the walks become a problem. If you don't have a multitude of pitches... Big league hitters are going to figure out what you have command of and what you don't, and they'll tee you up. And these are all the things I think Matthew Libertor over the last couple of years has struggled with at various times, last year included. That first start and everything that they, they said with him in Memphis in April, Jamie, indicates that this is a pitcher now, not just a thrower. But we'll find out tomorrow night. Well, that's kind of what I said uh, after his start. Is he just looked different. Yep. He looked way more confident in control and that he was very uh, aware of what he was doing with each at-bat. No doubt. Look good. We do need a gauntlet contestant, so if you want to play in the gauntlet today, 314-399-9646. Again, 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service tax line. Just text in gauntlet. You might have your opportunity if you haven't played in a while or if you haven't played at all. Marsh has an opportunity to pick you, and uh, you'll take on either Jamie, Marsh, or myself today in about a half hour. We are going to talk to Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, next. We'll talk to him about Matthew Kachuk, uh, the NHL playoffs, and maybe get his thoughts as we draw closer to the NHL offseason, the NHL draft. Next with Kerbs on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Matthew Kachuk helped the Panthers win a uh, another game against the. <laughs> you good? I heard that in my own ear. What? You talking to Ryder? How'd you hear that? <laughs> it completely threw me off. <laughs> I was like trying to signal you, like, "Hey, I can hear it." My microphone was off. <laughs> I heard it too. And I was like, "Is the microphone off?" And it was. Okay. Uh, I don't know what happened there. I heard Jamie in my ear as I was talking. It's weird. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Anyways, uh, the Florida Panthers advance to the Stanley Cup final thanks to Matthew Kachuk joining us right now to talk about all things hockey. He's the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. What's up, Kerbs? 
Anthony, how are you? Well, I'm okay now that Jamie isn't, you know, saying things into my ear not that I wasn't expected. So, uh, anyways, what did you think of Matthew Kachuk, the hometown kid, man? This this series, this playoff run for Matthew Kachuk has just been unbelievable. Yeah, he, he's been great. And uh, right now you're clear. I mean, your clear two favorites for a con Smythe would be either Bobrovsky or Kachuk. And I'm not sure which one you'd put ahead. I'm almost inclined to put Bobrovsky just a little bit ahead because he's just been that doggone good in net. But, you know, Matthew Kachuk is, is just showing everybody once again where you win hockey games. You win them in the tough areas. You win them with patience in the offensive zone. And you've got to get to the front of the net. And uh, you don't have to be the fastest guy. You know, you don't have to have the most speed with the most skill. And then there's a reason that Matthew Kachuk is still, you know, performing and going to play for a Stanley Cup, and a guy like Connor McDavid is not. And that is that is kind of the, the willingness of Kachuk to go to the areas, the willingness of Kachuk and his teammates to play both ends of the rink. And, uh, and, and man, last night's game was just a great, entertaining hockey game. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, honestly, thought I thought we were headed to another overtime until the power play came, and then I had a feeling somebody would would score for the Panthers. But it's been awesome uh, to watch that Panthers team thrive and, and curves. That's kind of where I want to go with the the makeup of this team. You look at in the off season, the Panthers go and acquire Matthew Kachuk, and a lot of people always say, you know what 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 kind of a difference can one player make? Especially when you're losing Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, all the guys that you put sent back to the Flames. You're like, okay, we'll see how this works out. But watching Matthew Kachuk with the Florida Panthers, he literally is dragging his team to the finish line. And how important yep. is that to have a guy like that on your team? Well, look at the player. Look at the two players they traded. They traded a player in Huberto that had, oh, what, 114 points. And then they, and they traded Mackenzie Wager, who they considered to be in their top four. And, yet, and, and, and that's after a season that they won the President's Trophy. And, and, they, and they are still in the Stanley Cup final now. So, yeah, they had a rough time this season getting things going. But this was a team that, again, a year ago had the best record in the National Hockey League in the regular season. So you look at that. And you look at figure, well, they made the changes. Well, look what the Blues did in 1890. Ryan O'Reilly was their Matthew Kachuk. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was that big of a difference maker from beginning to end that year. So one player can make a difference. Now, the key is you still have to have the other components. If we pull in, you know, I just kind of lightly mentioned there with McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers didn't have the goaltending, and they don't have that full commitment. You know, Sam Bennett is having a tremendous series and playoffs for the the Florida Panthers. Sam Bennett is doing for the Panthers, in my opinion, kind of what Oscar Sundquist did for the Blues. You, you've got to have some of those other guys around. But in the end, there's typically one or two guys that are just going to put you on their back and and be the hero. And right now, that's that clear. Like Wayne Gretzky's comments, I thought after the game last night were great. Kachuk mentioned how Bobrovsky and Barkov are two of the, are the two best players on the team. And Wayne Gretzky said, well, he's just being humble. They may be the two best players, but Matthew is clearly the most important right now. And I thought that summed it up well. 
Chris Kerber joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, on the other side of this, what do you do if you're the Hurricanes? Because they they could say to themselves that we're the better overall team in the first three games of the series, outshot the Panthers consistently, and if it wasn't for, for Bob standing on his head for three straight games, uh, and last night he was good, just not as good as the first three, maybe, maybe this series is 3-1 in favor of Carolina as opposed to them going home. So if you're the if you're the Hurricanes and you're looking at things, you played well even though the results weren't there. So now what do you do? Well, it was an extraordinarily tight series. So I don't think you overreact. You're right. The, the biggest difference maker was Bobrovsky. But I don't I also think they'd be a little disingenuous just to sit there and say the goalie stole four games cuz I don't I don't know that that was the case. The penalty killing wasn't quite as good for Carolina. Uh, they took some undisciplined penalties, like the one that cost them the game last night, and that was their captain, Stahl, that took it. And at times, you know, Burns struggled in front of the net. They, they they didn't defend the front of the net as well. So, yeah, those were two very stingy defensive teams in this series, but the Panthers did a better job of defending in front of their own net and then getting into the net front area of the, other, of the, of the Carolina Hurricanes. So, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are close. They're knocking on the door. Look, we saw for the better part of 10, 12 years, you saw how good the San Jose Sharks were. And, yeah, they got to, they got to the one Stanley Cup final, you know, and, and were knocking on the door and just couldn't quite pull it off. We've seen good teams. Look at how long the Blues have been a good, really good hockey team. Had just the one Stanley Cup final. We're fortunate to win it. You can be a really good team. You just may not get all the bounces at the right time. And right now, Florida is getting a lot of those. If, if I'm Carolina, I'm not overreacting too much, thinking that we need to get a lot better in certain areas. Curbs, if we if we switch conferences over to the Western Conference, uh, Vegas Golden Knights have a stranglehold on this series right now. As you watch that series in particular, what is it that you've noticed from Vegas that has been the biggest difference maker in why they're up 3 nothing? Well, you remember last week when we, you asked me and we, I, you asked me to pick who I thought was going to be in the Stanley Cup final, and I reluctantly had to say Vegas, and I think what we've seen is those reasons why. It, it, to me, it, it, I just you knew that Dallas could defend. Jake Ottinger is probably having his worst stretch of hockey. I think he's has he been pulled in like four of the last eight, five of the last eight. Like uh, Jake Ottinger is struggling, but he's their goaltender. He's the one you got to go to. So didn't anticipate him struggling like he has in this series. But I just didn't know that the Dallas Stars could score enough goals in the end to beat the Vegas and I the Golden Knights. And I think they were going to have to win a couple five four, you know, five three six four kind of games. And, and I just didn't think Dallas had that much offensive depth to do it. So I think that's what's rearing its head here. Jamie Benn, absolutely dumb penalty to take. Uh, his reasoning after the game, I laughed. I mean, really laughed. Well, at, you didn't oh, like yeah, that, Curves? I, <laughs> I shouldn't. I, well, you know what? I'll tell you something. I think that quote that next day, I mean, I think he knew he was going to get himself suspended. And I think, I don't think his quote of, I kind of fell on my stick and his neck was in the way. Is kind of a that wasn't going to help him out. But look, listen, I don't feel bad for either one of those guys. Would I love Mark Stone or Jamie Ben on my team? Absolutely. Both guys are not unknown for 
their cheap shots. Jamie Ben takes a lot of them, takes those extra liberties, and doesn't have many people clapping back on him. Well, this one went over the line, and unfortunately, this one really cost his team in a critical game three. So, I I don't see any fast. Um, I mean that 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 has Dallas coming back to win four games in the series. Curbs, as you watch the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights, you know Golden Knights still one win away from the Cup final, but. I think we both agree that that's uh, inevitable at this point. When you look at these two teams and the way their roster's built, and I've, I've thought this for, for a little while now, and in talking to other people, they feel the same way too. It reminds me a lot of the 2019 Blues team, the way these teams are built. Yeah, and, and you know what? The same with the Washington Capitals in 2018. Uh, I think the same for the most part in the way with what you saw in those great runs from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and that is depth. Yeah, critical players playing big roles on third lines and fourth lines, hard to play against in front of the net, and, and getting good goaltending. Now, I think, believe it or not, while the Florida Panthers will go into this final, if it is against Vegas, against, as an underdog, I think Vegas clearly has the better goal. Or I'm sorry, Florida clearly has the better goaltender in Bobrovsky than any of the four that Vegas may put in there. Vegas has a little more experience. Um, but this would be kind of the older, slightly aging team against a younger upstart that's got a lot of energy. And uh, I, I like Florida's chances and style of play against Vegas if it comes down to that. Curbs, great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and we'll check back with you next week. We'll talk a little Stanley Cup final, too. Sounds great, guys. Have a great and safe holiday weekend. Same to you. Thanks, Curbs. You got it. All right, that's Chris Gerber, voice of the Blues, here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. In 15 minutes, we have the gauntlet, but coming up next, if Paul DeYoung does stay hot, had a cool cool day today, although you don't move him out of the seventh spot. Jamie, I've been telling you about this. They <laughs> moved him up to the cleanup spot. The guy was a disaster. Move him back down to seven, you know, and play your guys. How about that? But if he does stay hot, Jamie, do you trade him? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Almost got you. That's just. Almost got you. I'll get you at some point. Last two shows, I've I've got Jamie laughing right as the mic comes on. I'll get you, Jamie. Don't you worry. Whatever that is, that hip thrusting, dancing, that air humping. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're doing. We got cameras in here now, and at some point, these these bad Johnsons are going to be on. They'll be seeing that. That better be like, thank you. Finally, somebody with some. Decent dance moves. Your camera is not going to catch much. No, it's a little low. <laughs> Who are we saying he looked like? The guy from Home Improvement. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Whoever yeah. Uh, designed the height of that one didn't take into consideration that your computer's computer. right in front of it. It's going to be great for viewers. I saw Anthony's hairline. <laughs> On <Anyways>. his chest. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Paul DeYoung, Jamie, uh-huh. if he continues this odd streak, do you use him Extend as a trade? Him. Well, you don't have to do that. you got two club options. Ah, pick him up. Okay. 
I'm going to ask the question anyways. Do you trade him? Do you use him as, as a trade chip? That's a better way to say it. Mm. Do you use Paul DeYoung as a trade chip at the deadline if he continues to stay hot? I don't know, man. The way he's playing, I might go to Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan, probably more Tommy Edmond as the trade chip. If, In seriousness, if Paul DeYoung continues doing what he's doing currently, why the hell would you get rid of that? That's what you've wanted all along from Paul DeYoung. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally why you gave him the contract. That's why you put in these options. Because at the time, you believed that $12 million and $15 million would be just fine, according to what he's doing. Yeah. So if he's doing exactly what you wanted him to do, and you already have the numbers in place, why would you trade him? Unless, dot, 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 mm-hmm. you can get a real front-end pitcher. Bingo. But I don't know if you're getting that for Paul DeYoung. I doubt it, but... If we're going to play the hypothetical game, let's play the hypothetical okay. game. Sure. If let's Paul make believe. I'm going to say this anyways. Paul the Young, I would yes, I would use him as a trade chip assuming that you can get cost-controlled pitching. That's the key. If it's a rental, I don't know if you I don't know if it, if if I'm it makes a lot of sense. Anything. Hypothetically, let's just hypothetically let's walk down that, that road for a second. Who's doing Hypothetically that? nobody, Jamie. Okay. Nobody. But I'm trying to just I'm, I get excited for these things when you bring up like trade Possibilities, I actually take them seriously until that one. Okay, well. You're not going to get cost-controlled pitching front-end guy for Paul DeYoung. But if you could. <laughs> if you could, I'd do it. Uh, there do we it. go. Okay. Absolutely, Anthony. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so we're on the same page here. <laughs> Can we both agree that if you don't have pitching, you don't have anything? At this point, yeah. Yeah. Because when the Cardinals put up five and six runs and lose the game, that's problematic for me. There's certain There's certain staples in sports. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. If you don't have starting pitching, you don't have anything. If you don't have a goaltender, Jamie, you don't have anything. That's a problem. Ask some of these teams that have been built to, you know, potentially win it all, and they get bounced in the first and second round consistently, first or second round consistently, because they don't have a goaltender. Maple Leafs. Um, sorry, this dusty in here. Oilers. <laughs> Thank know. you. Uh, <laughs> well done. You know, for basketball, I don't know if there's there's uh, if there's a bless you, Anthony. Thank you. I don't know if there's a basketball equivalent to that. But if you don't have a starting pitch, you don't have anything. We could sit here and talk about the offense all all day long. You're not going to win every game eight to seven. Don't work that way. You have to have you have to have premium starting pitching at some point if you want to win a pennant. You definitely need it if you want to win a World Series. You definitely need it if you want to win multiple playoff series. So if Paul the Young could fetch you a cost control pitcher, not just a rental. I'm in. See ya. I'm in. Uh, I still don't think it's realistic, but I'm in. Oh, God, it's not realistic yeah. at all. No, I mean, I'm in on it for sure. But again, Paul DeYoung uh, is doing exactly what you asked him to be doing. Well, he's a couple of years late to the dance, but at least he's there. Mm-hmm. Would you pick up the option? If he's doing this? Yeah. Yes. And then you get, and then you have to make a trade in the offseason. At some point, you also have to... F- You've got a you've got a log jam. You got a roster problem. You have a roster construction problem. Nolan, and it's a good problem. Don't get me wrong, because Nolan Gorman has emerged as a dude, but he could play second base for you, and you can leave DH as this floating option to get guys rest. You don't need you don't need a a Nelson Cruz type DH where it's like that's it. All he's going to do is DH. You don't have to have that. Nolan Gorman can play second base for you, which which means if Paul DeYoung, if you're going to keep Paul DeYoung, 
What are you going to do with Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan? Well, I think you, in my opinion, you hang on to Brendan Donovan. I think that he plays more positions at a higher level. I agree. Um, and he's more stubborn in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion of it. I believe he's younger as well. He is. So all of those things coupled in together, to me, makes it more valuable to hang on to Brendan Donovan and look to um, get something for Tommy Edmond. We also might be looking at it the wrong way. What? Who's most valuable to another team? And it might be Tommy Edmond. Well, he is a utility player, a switch hitting guy, too. So, yeah, I mean, he could hold a lot of value. I think I don't the, know if he's the most valuable, but I think Brendan Donovan would be the most valuable player. Out of the group of guys that we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, unless DeYoung keeps raking like this, then I think that puts him to the front of the line. I don't know. I think you could get a fair amount for Tommy Edmond. Not necessarily at the deadline. It may have to be an off-season thing. But at some point, John Mosellock's got, again, a roster construction issue on his hands. Plus, you're going to need pitching, period. Oh, yeah, you got nobody for next year. You've got nobody. You had Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis. And now you have Miles Michaelis. Now you have Miles Michaelis. Steven Matz is going to be on the roster. Yeah. But that's not saying much at this point. You have one option for your starting rotation next year. Maybe Libertor. Maybe you you hope that it's, you hope Libertor. Right. You hope Zach Thompson. You hope one of these other young guys, whether it's Tink Hens or Gordon Graceffo, make leaps and bounds in their development, and you have another option internally. But you're going to need to sign one or two guys or trade for one or two guys this offseason, if not at the deadline. If you can get them at the deadline, great, because then – that guy can theoretically help you down the stretch and also a year from now. But cost-controlled players, which which means their contract, you have at least one more year beyond this season, they cost a lot in prospects. And I'm not saying the Cardinals shouldn't go out and, and pay that price, but the issue that we keep talking about is who's going to be available at the deadline. And the White Sox, we keep bringing up the White Sox, they're slowly starting to turn things around again. Because I would love some of that young starting pitching. Yeah, you would. Anthony, quick question for you. Sure. Uh, based on a text that we got here from the 314. It says, Jamie, how many gold gloves does Brendan Donovan have? If I remember correctly, gold gloves mean something. So I, I don't – I think I know the answer to this, but I'm just going to run it past you, Anthony. Um, he has one gold glove in the one year that he's played here. That's correct. And Tommy Edmond also has a gold glove correct. in the two years that he's played here. Yes. All right. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Uh, just to take it a step further, they have the same amount, Jamie, of yes, uh, gold gloves. They do. Don, Donovan has done and did one for your year. Yeah, he's way better. Yeah, and actually, the, Edmund's been here since nineteen. So yeah, but I mean full time at a position. At least, he was all over the map in nineteen. At least three years then. Yeah. It, sure. Donovan has his whole his gold glove the utility position, which means he plays multiple positions and is good at multiple positions. That's He's correct. great at several positions. Yeah. For sure. Gold Glover in one, for sure. Have we cleaned it up? Uh, cleared that up? We're good? Jamie, you feel good about it? I feel great. Call it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three Warriors. Four categories. One challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? 
brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time for the gauntlet in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 401, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter, and we welcome in Kyle. What's up, Kyle? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing good. Is this your first time in the gauntlet? It is, man. I've been trying for a minute, but I got on. All right. Congratulations, first and foremost. Now, word on the street is that you texted a bunch of people to let them know that you were going to be on. I did. It may, I hope that's not a mistake. I don't want to embarrass myself. No, you'll be great. I'll no, leave that up to us. <laughs> yeah, no. you To embarrass ourselves. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Not him. Ah, Kyle's great. All right, Kyle, who do you want to take on yes, today? Sir. Marsh, Jamie, or myself? Well, I texted in uh, to Jamie earlier talking some trash, so I'm going to have to pick Jamie. Oh, okay. what did you say to me? Oh, um, I know what you said say, to me. I'm, I'm just going to say, listening to you talk about baseball is like, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, boy. Now I'm fired up. Uh oh. You're a funny guy, though, Kyle. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also the one that says average is still better than Matt. You're 100% right on that one, too. Hey, you're hot today. Hopefully it cools I'm off. Ready. I'm ready. All right, Kyle. Good luck, my man. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Jamie's going to make his way into the cone of silence right now. Kyle, you got to tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Let's find out what category you have. All right. Spin that wheel, Marshy. Give me baseball. So baseball is what you're hoping for. Are you hoping to avoid hockey? Very much so. I almost want random. Oh, wow. Okay. So you asked. You wanted baseball. You wanted to avoid hockey. And you said, I almost want random. You got one of those. Uh, Let's hope random. You got random. All right. I'll take it. It's spun random. We we uh, we have the launch codes here. Same co- same four questions are going to be asked to uh, Kyle as they are to Jamie today. Every question is worth two points. Unless you need the options, then it's worth one point. Kyle, you ready? Yes, sir. Let's get it. All right. Question number one: What is a baby goat called? What is a baby goat called? Oh, I know that. Um, I'm a teacher, so I should know some of these. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's called a kid, like the human. Final answer. All right. Question number two. Which race is traditionally held over Memorial Day weekend? Oh, man. Uh, Can I get options on that? Options are the Indianapolis 500, the Daytona 500, or the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, man. Uh, Let's go Indy 500. Final answer? Yes, sir. All right, Kyle, question three. Before this year's playoffs, which team was the last to sweep in the NBA Conference Finals taking care of the Portland Trailblazers in 2019? Oh, man. I wish I had my uh, ask a friend on this one because all my buddies at work watch NBA. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to do options. Houston Rockets. Oklahoma City Thunder, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I got to go Warriors. Final? Yes, sir. Snoopy, 
This is question number four. Snoopy from the well-known comic strip Peanuts is what breed of dog? Um, I believe that's a beagle, and I'm a beagle final answer. All right, Kyle. How you feeling? Uh, 50-50. It's like going in. All right. All right, so Jamie is going to make his way back in from the cone of silence right now. We'll see how he does today. He's taking a sweet-ass time. He's talking to people. Unbelievable. (laughs) All right, here we go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. You see that sprint speed? Yeah, Yeah. I do. Looks like a left fielder out there. Yeah. Like an eight-second, 40-yard dash. That was no Tyler (laughs) O'Neill on that play. (laughs) No. No. That never happened. I'd rather blow a hamstring. (laughs) It's quite possible. A little hockey leg. Yeah. Built like a Clydesdale, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jamie, you ready? (laughs) No. Okay. Your category is random. Oh, boy. Random trivia. Marsh, tell him. Pack a lunch. Jamie, question number one. What is a baby goat called? What is a baby goat called? Hmm. Isn't it a kid? I, I think it's a kid. Is it not, Anthony? Blink twice if you can hear me. Um, I started to blink, so I just <laughs> closed my eyes. I think it's a kid. Final answer. Question number two. Which race is traditionally held over Memorial Day weekend? I think I'll know this. With the options, please. Options are the Indianapolis 500, the Daytona 500, or the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, The Monaco Grand Prix final answer. Question number three, Jamie. Maybe it's not. Before this year's playoffs, which team was the last team to sweep in the NBA Conference Finals, sweeping Portland in nineteen in 2019? You had to go basketball, huh? All right. Portland Trailblazers. Was it the Lakers 2019? No, they were in the bubble when they won that thing. Ah, give me the options. Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, Golden State Warriors. 2019. Golden State Warriors. Final answer. Final question, Jamie. Snoopy from the well-known comic strip Peanuts is what breed of dog? Beagle. Final answer. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Jamie versus Kyle. Let's start off with that one. Snoopy from the well-known comic strip Peanuts. What? Peanuts is what breed of dog? Kyle, you went with Beagle. Jamie, you went with Beagle. Ah. Correct answer is... It's Beagle. That's right. But Jamie also didn't need the options just like Kyle. So we have a 2-2 tie between Kyle and Jamie at 2-all. What is a baby goat called? Kyle, you went with kid. Jamie, you went with kid. Correct answer is... (laughs) It is a kid. I thought one of you was going to go with Tom Brady. You did not. You chose the right answer, though. Neither of you needed the options for that. 4-4 tie between Jamie and Kyle today. Before, Before this year's playoffs, which team was the last to sweep an NBA conference finals 
sweeping Portland in 2019. Kyle, you said the Golden State Warriors. Jamie, you said the Golden State Warriors. Correct answer is... It is the Golden State Warriors, but... You both needed the options. We are all tied up. Five. Great minds think alike. Five all. It comes down to this. Which race is traditionally held over Memorial Day weekend? Jamie, you went with the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. Kyle, you went with the Indy 500. So both of you chose the options. One of you is correct. Kyle. You have chosen wisely. It is the Indy 500. Kyle, congratulations. I got some pushback, guys. You had me me sweating on that one. Hang on, Kyle. The Monaco Grand Prix is also Memorial Day weekend. I think you should give it to me. Teachers don't get paid enough. Well, you're right about that. I will tell you that. Thank you for being a teacher, too, because it is a thankless job. East St. Louis. Got to give a shout-out to him. There you go. Well, I appreciate you doing that. Is it? Yeah, the Monaco Grand Prix is always on the weekend, the Memorial Day weekend. But that's okay. And it's was, too. It is. They're both on both are. Okay. (sighs) Okay, well, we have a decision to make here. (laughs) I mean, if it was... Debatable, I would just hand it over, but the competitiveness inside me, Anthony, says I was right too. All right, well, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna Go give right to Jamie, the tiebreaker. We're gonna give Jamie a point. That would that would mean that you guys did tie and we're gonna do a tiebreaker. Well, he should get a point too if they're both on the same weekend. Oh, he did get he a did. point. Yeah. We yeah. originally gave him a point until okay. you complained about it. I didn't complain. Facts are facts, yeah. Anthony. What do you want me to do? I mean you can give me two. Kyle's not afraid of a walk off. I can tell. No, I, I was an athlete. I played baseball. There All right, go. so we're going to the walk-off. All right, let's go, baby. Marsh, can you fire yeah. up that music again? Feels a little too dead in here. I'm, I'm still doing a, a little research just in case. Okay. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just doing a little research, just making sure that the Monaco Grand Prix is... I mean, it's Sunday. Sunday, May 28th. In, so. You know, May 2021, it was on May 23rd. Or uh, yeah, it was May twenty third. Was that Memorial Day weekend? It's traditionally on Memorial Day weekend. I do know this, guys. Just making sure. All right, here's your tiebreaker. Okay. All right, uh, Kyle, you're going to hold off on your answer. Jamie's going to write down his answer. Closest to the pin wins. Yes, we- sir. All right, here we go. Here's your tiebreaker question. Can't wait. The Troy State Trojans set a record for most points scored in an NCAA basketball game in 1992 against the DeVry Hoyas. How many points did Troy State score in the record-setting game? Jamie already wrote down his answer. Okay. Kyle, what's yours? Oh, man. Uh, And you said this is college, right? Yes, NCAA basketball. Okay. Uh, I'll go with 150. Your question today for the tiebreaker. The Troy State Trojans set a record for most points scored in an NCAA basketball game in 1992 against the DeVry Hoyas. How many points did Troy State score in the record-setting game? 
Uh, Kyle, you said 150, correct? Yes, sir. Jamie, you wrote down? 213. 213, and you wrote that down immediately. Correct answer is... 258, Kyle. You Whoa. have chosen poorly. You lose! I'm, si- I'm sorry, Kyle. That's... None of this feels good right now. It doesn't. I'm 258, you said? Yeah, 258. Oh, goodness. I don't know how he got 213, but good job, Jamie. At the end of this, Kyle, here's what's going to happen. Yes, sir. You're advancing tomorrow. What? You're advancing. Because as I dove into this, too, it the Formula One race is not always on Memorial Day. It is several times it has been. So I'm giving this – I'm admitting that there could be some margin for error. So, Kyle, congratulations. You have chosen wisely. You did it, Kyle. This has been a roller coaster, but you did it, man. You thought you won, then you thought you lost, then you thought you won again, and guess what? You did. Congratulations. You're going to be back tomorrow. Hey, awesome. Felt like the Florida balloting system on that. You know what? You probably listen to the show because you know the three of us, big idiots, and we're a complete mess. So I'm not. I'm not going to go there. You gave it to me, so you're geniuses. To me. All right, there you go. Yeah. Hey, accountability, Anthony. We're nice high on job, that here. Jamie. Nice job. All right, Kyle. You'll be back tomorrow. to take on either Marsh or myself. All right. I appreciate it, guys. I love you. Though. Hey, I love the show. Appreciate you. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Man, Thanks Kyle. for listening. Take care, buddy. Hey, take it easy. You too. Nice job, Jamie. Well, as I was diving in, it, it, there has been some times where it's in early June, which obviously would not be a Memorial Day. So I get, you got to be honest when it's necessary, Anthony. Nice work, Jamie. Yeah. Kyle did a heck of a job, man. Oh, I get the slow clap? Yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you. You know what, Jamie? What? A head coach said to me one time, let me catch you doing something good. <laughs> wow. And I just caught you doing something good there, Jamie, unlike most times. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, you remind me of that commercial I, I I saw one time where the kid touches that basketball and it goes out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. His team received the ball and he goes, "Coach, I touched the ball." Mm-hmm. And his coach goes, "You go tell the referee that you did that." Right. And he did. And they probably lost the game. Yeah, that, you, I would not be doing that. Sportsmanship. No. Yeah, at yeah. its finest. D- let's not get confused here. Right. I think if. <laughs> If that if that same situation in that commercial plays itself out in most basketball gymnasiums across across America, I'm thinking, guys, that the coach is telling that kid to shut his bleeping mouth. Oh, get on the bench. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's all about sportsmanship. I touched it, coach. No, you didn't. <laughs> you're, you're Did you? Because you're going to touch this bench. You're out of here. <laughs> we got a game to win. What, Jamie? I don't know. Coaching's different than mine. Trying to win here, Jamie. Yeah, you are. All right, so congratulations to Kyle. Are you talking crap to the clear guy? Yeah. No, clearly not. I- <laughs> clearly, clearly not. Which player sold the most value for the Cardinals? That's next. Well, we're going to talk about the trade. Situation. I just realized with value. Well, you know, Goldschmidt, they're human beings, so they all have value, Jamie. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, from a trade market standpoint. He's getting old. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
So we just had the conversation about Paul DeYoung, whether or not you move Paul DeYoung or use him as a trade piece if, theoretically or hypothetically, you can get a pitcher, preferably a cost control pitcher. And then I threw out to Jamie, I said, well, maybe we're looking at it the wrong way here. What do you do if there's a situation where you can get pitching, whether it's at the trade deadline this year or the offseason, but another team comes in and says, nope, I don't want Paul DeYoung. I'm looking at Tommy Edmond, or I'm looking at another player, which kind of brought up the conversation of who's got the most value when it comes to being a trade piece for the Cardinals. Now, you're not going to trade Nolan Arenado. You're not going to trade Paul Goldschmidt. You're not going to trade Nolan Gorman. You're not going to trade Willis Contreras. So if you eliminate those guys and just talk about kind of the middle middle of the, the roster, who do you think, Jamie, teams would be calling about the most that you'd be willing to move? Oh, they'd be willing to move. Well, um, <clears throat> I think teams believe there's value in Dylan Carlson. I think his, his youth and the fact that uh, that he's good defensively, he's a switch hitter. I think a lot of teams would look at that and go, team control, we have time to continue to develop this player. Uh, and I think that I think teams would like that. If you dive deeper into, like, it's tough because the biggest pieces that you have are, they're, they're non-starters. Goldie, Arnado, Contreras. Um, so it's tough. Uh, Gorman. Gorman, I wouldn't trade Gorman. No freaking way mm-hmm. at this point. I think teams would call for Newt. Yep. I think Newt is a, a guy, Brendan Donovan. Uh, I guess let's go in order. Order of value, we'll call it. I personally feel like Newt would be the first one. I do too. I think that Brendan Donovan would be the second. I think that Dylan Carlson would be up there three. And then I think Tommy Edmond, if I'm going four. Would you trade Tyler O'Neill at five? We'll just make it a top five. Yeah, that's fine, and I and I agree with that. Would you trade Newt if you could get a top end starter that's cost control? It, it's not going to be. I'm not saying it would be an ace, but it would be somebody that, at the very least, would be a number two in most rotations. Yes, so would I. And that's strictly positional value. It's got less to do with Lars Newt Bar. And I realize that, and Jamie, you, you know, I think I could speak for you in this, this, this case. Please don't. I'll speak for myself. It's you'd have to replace a leadoff hitter, a leadoff hitter that has emerged as somebody that has been, you know, he's going to be very good for yeah, you. But you've got that. But you, you, but you need pitching. You've got Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond, who both have batted leadoff at different times. Brendan Donovan, quite honestly, he projects very well to be a leadoff hitter. He's just greasy in the batter's box. Can't get him out. Run the pitch count up. You'd be nine pitches in before you're to the second batter. Like, who knows with him? Right. So, as much as I like Newt, I don't want to trade Newt. But if you're telling me I can get a number two starter with team control left? In. I'm in, man. Marsh, where are you on this? I wouldn't trade Newt. He's the only steady outfielder that you have in this organization right now. Jamie, tell him. Wow. Jamie, Sorry, Alec Burleson. Jamie, tell him. You're drunk. Not that. If you don't what? have if if you don't have pitching. <laughs> wrong thing. I honestly didn't know where you were wrong going with thing. that. So if you like, don't have pitching, you don't have anything, Marsh. Okay, so it's, then I mean, okay, what are we then, doing? It's, then it's 2017, 2018 all over again. No, where, it's 2023. Where 
And look at this mess that you've created, Marsh. No, we're going back in time to a time where we do have pitching and we don't have anybody in the outfield. So then you have to trade somebody to go get an outfielder. That's it, the problem. It's all cyclical. In twenty in twenty nineteen, you got to Thank an you. you got to an NLCS. Now were you railroaded? Yeah. Was it ugly? Yes. Did you score any runs? No. Mm. But you got to a pennant. You're not getting to a pennant with this starting pitching. Come on. No, you're not. No. You're not, you're not getting not. out of the first round. Do you know how it felt last year for you, Marsh? Go back to last year in game oh, one yes. against the Phillies. <laughs> I saw it, man. Anthony you pitching unraveled. wasn't the problem last year. It was you the unravel. And you want to trade a guy that one of the only guys that can get on base a lot? What did he do last year in that game? Yeah. What did he do? There's only one guy that did anything in that game. It was Juan Yepes. Yes. That's correct. Thank you for playing. I don't know what the point of that was, but I'm with you, Jamie. Ganging up on me. Well, he's talking about offense. Where the hell was the offense anyways? What did Newt do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Offense, first of all. He wasn't established yet. Offense offense is a myth in the postseason. (laughs) Let's just start there. That's what this team is built on at the moment. You need pitching, Marsh. I understand that you need pitching. Okay, Marshy, you're not you're not parting with Lars Newpark. Congratulations, you have an offensive team that just got eliminated again in the first round. <laughs> Who's the pitcher? Good luck. Who's the pitcher? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the pitcher Dude, that were? You are my best I'll representation. Part ways with Newt if it's decent pitcher. All right. You just uh, what you if wouldn't? it's? What depends on who it is. Well, no kidding. What if it's Zach Gallen? Oh, he I won't mean, come I back here. Want, I don't even want to go there. He won't come back here. He hates the Cardinals. And birds. I'm sure he'll... he'll <laughs> All birds? Yeah! Look what he did to that bird. You think he wants to wear the birds on the bat? That's true. That's a good point. He's moved on. I He's, don't want a guy that's not going to show snakes. up to the meetings. It's not going to show up to the spring meetings. <laughs> that's a good point, Marshy. What if it What if it were... Trying to think of halfway realistic options. What if it's Chris Sale? No. Okay. God, no, Anthony. Okay. What's wrong with you? He what? Been, he hasn't been great. He has not been great. Well, he shoved against the Cardinals. Well, yeah, there's a lot of teams that did that. That's well, fair. What if it were... I don't know. We Aaron did. Nola. Yes. Oh, absolutely. What if it were... Uh, Is Aaron Nola cost-controlled, though? No. See, I'm sorry. If they're not trading Newt for Sean Murphy... I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Sean Murphy can't pitch. No, but... Jamie brings up a great point. But you could have spent money on a pitcher. Boba, well, who are you going to get this offseason? There wasn't really not much. You know that, Andrew. I understand that, but hindsight's twenty twenty. It is. <laughs> Thanks, Boy, it's too bad that it, it is too bad that Zach Allen hates the Cardinals and Birds. Because that'd be a nice addition. If you had a guy like that in your organization, that's, that's mm-hmm. what you keep, you know? That's a good point, Anthony. Anthony. You make a really good point. Thank you. Guys, what do you think about, uh, just loosely here, Lance Lynn, his name has popped up a few times. I know he's not cost-controlled. I know he's not young or maybe not even in his prime anymore. But I, I would take Lance Lynn. I would take him and plop him right in this rotation. He's got some sandpaper to him as well. I would give up Taylor Motter for Lance Lynn and... Let's call it a deal. No. Mm, you need him on the bench. Would you would you trade Tyler O'Neill for Lance Lynn? No. Why? For real, why? 
because Lance Lynn has been terrible this year. Well, his last two starts, he's been really good, actually, Anthony. Check it out. You got that internet right in yeah, front of you. That's fine. No problem. Why don't we take a look at old Lance Lynn? He's getting hit hard. They're barreling him up. Anthony, can you just isolate the his last two starts, please? The fastball velocity is way down. He'll fit in perfectly with this Cardinal team. Can you isolate the last two starts? Please? I would love to. No problem. You ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Seven in- See, he went seven innings. Yeah. There we go. Quality start. Seven innings. He allowed seven hits, three runs. Only one was earned, and he had seven Ks. That doesn't play for you? It absolutely does. I'll get to my next point nah, here. we're good. But I also want to... <laughs> fast lane here on 101 Mars, don't you dare. Don't you dare. The second, the last start was on six innings. Anthony. Four hits. ESPN. Two earned runs. Let me... You asked, Damn it, Marsh. You asked for the two. Six strikeouts. You're right. He was great. On 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Against Cleveland and Kansas City. What? That's what his two starts were. Lance Lynn. <laughs> Just hung on to that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Feel better? Yep. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I'm still trading for him. NFL four downs right now. First down. All right, guys. All right, guys. Which team? <laughs> Do that all the time. Which team has the best chance to repeat as division winner? And which team do you believe has the worst chance of repeating? Ooh, I think that, the worst the worst one is obvious. No. And that's Marshy's no. Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes. It's the Bucks. The Bucks will not I think the Bucks have one of or will have one of the worst seasons. With a really good team. Outside of the quarterback position. I know. Yeah. Yes. I think that they will be somewhere definitely somewhere in the top ten. I think they'll be in the top five. Drafting. So Bucks, Bucks to me are the worst. The, yeah. The best chance of repeating, I just gotta give it to the I was gonna say the Chiefs, and I probably should, but I, I like what the Eagles did. And so the that's Eagles the worst? No, no, the best. I think the, the Eagles, best chance of repeating? Yes. Hmm. To yeah. me, it's either the Chiefs or the Eagles. We can only choose one. I'm gonna go with Philly. They play in a worse division. Oddly enough, I'm going to pick a division that's really bad, too. Uh, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a, the best chance of repeating. It's a good one. I feel like that team just got better and better and better. Trevor Lawrence now real comfortable with the new head coach and the offense that they're running. And that is a bad division. Really bad. Mm-hmm. So I think my sure thing is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The worst chance, that's a tough one, man. I got to go with you, Anthony. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team that just drop off the face of the earth in that division. They're going to have good receivers, good players. The offensive line is going to be healthy. All the things back in place except for they don't have a quarterback. And I'm not even saying Tom Brady drop him back in there. He'd be just fine. Yeah. But I'm saying overall, like, any quarterback of any talent at all, I can't believe the Bucs didn't just go get Somebody, I think they got Baker Mayfield. I get like, go get it. <laughs> no, they, no, it's going to be any terrible. kind of a quality quarterback at yeah. all. Doesn't have to be a star. 
Like, I don't, I don't know why they didn't go get Jimmy G. I really don't. You plop Jimmy G under center of that team, and they win the division and probably get to the conference final. Before we get to the second down, we do have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Dead & Company at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on June 7th. Very few tickets remain for the show, and you can find all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. Right now, you can text in to 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line to win tickets to see Dead & Company. Earlier today, Mama Rivers texted Jamie. She was upset <laughs> that Jamie was slandering her on the radio and it was all because of the thermostat jamie says that she likes to keep it at a crisp 80 degrees inside the rivers household but she verified that the rivers household uh, thermostat was is actually set to what what is that number you have the correct answer 314-399-9646 you can win the tickets to go see dead and company Mm. This should be a fun text line. Uh-huh. Second down. Which team that did not did that did not win their division this year would you bet on to win this upcoming season? Which team didn't that didn't win their division this year this past, or this past year. year would you bet yet to win? Uh I would bet on the Detroit Lions. Mm. Oh, <clears throat> what a surprise. Well, Guys, it's a very winnable division, and they finished hot last year, barely missing the playoffs. I think they're going to get even better moving forward. And uh, the Vikings, you know, they, they're going to Viking, and uh, Ouch. they'll finish second. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah, you know. It's tough, Marsh. You're a Vikings fan, you know. I know exactly what that means. <laughs> Every Viking fan my listening is goodness, like, yeah. goodness, am I going to have fun next year? Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, boy. Yeah, score 50 points a game. You know, this Cardinal team is really preparing me for the football Absolutely. season. You know, I see a lot of parallels. You like offense, but uh, can't keep the opponent off the scoreboard? Well, tune right in. Yeah. It's your Minnesota Viking football. Absolutely. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Ooh, Anthony, that's really good, too. Saints didn't win the division last Good year, one. as we know. The Bucs did. Uh, the Bucs didn't even have a, have a winning record, and they won the division. The Saints are the only team in that division that has a quarterback. Or at least one that you, you know, can rely upon. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. Bryce Young, we'll see. I like him, but he's a rookie. So I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Seattle Seahawks win the NFC West. That's a good call, too, because God knows what the 49ers are going to be. Brock Purdy still hasn't even thrown a football in the offseason. Trey Lance is completely unproven. That's a heck of a team, but I don't hate that, Marcy. I think that the amount of disrespect on this show to the 49ers is, quite frankly, disgusting. I think it's because you really like watching them. Oh, yeah, he likes the I Bay do. Area. Yeah. Every, all, everything mm-hmm. Bay even Area. Even kids like the Bay Area. Anthony has a t-shirt. Yeah, I know, right? Anthony has a t-shirt. It's cut in fours, four squares, and it's got all the Bay Area teams on it. He wears it around proudly, too. It's weird. Number one on the back. Like, who puts that, who puts that number sign in one? How would you put it? Just a one. You that's put not a jersey. You put the, I know, but that's disturbing. No, number one. Yeah. It's Hashtag one. Hashtag one. <laughs> no, but you guys are disrespecting the Niners. No, like I, the, I just like said that team. That. Like the that team wasn't back. Brock Purdy. No, but 
who's a quarterback that's actually football. throwing a football? Not now. <laughs> when do you need? When is he going to throw? In week fourteen? No, he'll be ready for the season. I doubt it. Really? Yes. You don't know that. The team was steamrolling itself into the Super Bowl a year ago before the Purdy got hurt. It'll be fine. That's a good damn team. That's mm. a great team without a quarterback. I think you know what, Anthony. I think they're a really good team. I just think they're going to come in second place. Okay. Third down. Put it on the board, Marsh. Well, Anthony, there is no board. Now, how come you get to crap all over my team, but I can't crap on all your teams? Oh, you're, you're, you see it, Marsh? You're figuring it out, aren't you? This is ridiculous. You've been doing it to me for three years. Which team right. do I crap on of yours? Just been doing it to me, Anthony, for three who, years. Who are your teams? <laughs> We need the updated list. Hang on. Who's winning right now? <laughs> <laughs> right now, I think his favorites has got to be Vegas. Actually, both of his favorite teams are going to be are going to be in the Stanley Cup final. Yep. It's going to be Panthers yeah, and Vegas. Weird how that works, right? Nah, you got to give me that. I, I, I've been cheering for those te- two teams the whole time. Well, yeah, because of Matthew and because That's of true. Petro. Petro. Yeah. Jamie did call the upset over the Bruins. He and the Maple Leafs. I said, That's they'll beat really, that bag of hammers, too. It's not really an upset. <laughs> bag of hammers? Yeah. Why would you need a bag of hammers, right? How useless is that? You only need one. <laughs> Carrying around a whole bag is a waste of energy. That's true. I'll give that to you. That's pretty good. <sighs> I don't know why that... Why did you beat a bag of hammers, but... Anthony, it's a life lesson, okay? The more you think about it, the more it's going to make sense. Good call, Jamie. Good call. All right. Besides Sean Payton, which coach that is coaching for his new team do you believe will have the biggest impact in year one? Whoa. Frank Reich, Carolina. I think Carolina's roster is pretty good. Pretty good. And I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think he had a quarterback in Indy. Might not have one in Carolina. But that's a pretty good roster. So help me out here, guys. How many teams have new head coaches? I'm looking through the list, and I'm like, there's only two I can think of is the ones we just talked about. Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. Oh, that's right. D'Amico Ryans in Houston. Oh, yeah, those guys don't have a chance. Shane Steichen in Indy. None of those guys have a chance. Uh, Frank Reich. All right. I would agree. Yeah, I'm looking at this list, too. Man, those... uh, D'Amico Ryans may be be an interesting choice. I don't know if I love the roster, though. Well, I don't like the roster. Is it the lack of talent? Top to bottom? <laughs> Pretty much. Anthony, it that might be like? that. Okay. It could be that. Uh, I also don't have a... I don't love the e- the former Eagle coordinators, especially after the Super Bowl. Even Steichen? Now, the I don't... Offense? I don't mind him. I don't mind him. I don't know. I just don't love him. Okay. Fair enough. I don't love him. All right. Fourth down. Which coach stands the best odds to be fired midseason? Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, gosh. He should have been fired last year. (laughs) (laughs) He is not a good head coach. He's a great football mind. He was not a good head coach. I'm sorry, Todd. Head coach may not be your thing. So you're with me? Yes. All right. Uh, so he yeah. said Todd Bowles. Yeah, I said that I agree with Anthony. I know it's hard to believe. 
I'm going Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. In Cleveland, really? Yes. Hmm. I think they're going to be terrible this year. Really? Factor of sadness. Two hundred and thirty million. Yeah. Doesn't go as far as it used to, Jamie. Hmm. Depends what you're getting. What grade would you give the Cardinals right now? Mm-hmm. We'll tell you what Katie Wu of the Athletic gave them. Talk about where we're we're at as we approach Memorial Day. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. At the end of the day, as a fan, do we expect everyone to No, like as a fan, you're supposed to get mad when, when we don't play well and, and, and ride the highs and the, the whole deal. So we get it. But there is a time to be patient. What do you oh think, Jamie? That's a company motto. <laughs> right? You get a handbook. Front of the handbook says, welcome to Cardinal Nation. Be patient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, come on in. Yeah, there's that's going to be your uh, locker right there. This is the clubhouse. It's a uh, pretty nice uh, weight room down the hallway there. And, of course, uh, we got the handbook uh, right on the front there. Be patient. Be patient. There you go. Yep. It's my best I mean, seller. It... <laughs> hmm. It's a good life motto. Because I will say this. <laughs> I wear that T-shirt to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple people come up and kind of ask about it. The people who don't listen to the show, shame on them. But anyways. Um, you punch those people right in the face? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Anthony. Sorry. Very approachable. I like to talk to people. Just not during my set. Anyways. Um, they ask about to be patient. As I explain it. Oh, they're like, oh, we just thought it was like a... A little bit like a life statement, like be patient, like calm down. No, it is. Yeah. yeah. No, not me. This is, I would not. No. No. But for the Cardinals, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It works very well. Look at what the. Can you imagine, Anthony, where we'd be without Paul DeYoung right now? Be patient. I wish they were a little more patient on some of these other guys. Name one. Sandy Alcantara. Ah, name two. Zach Allen. Three. Randy Rosarina. All right. I'm good. Katie Wu of The Athletic, uh, she put together, well, The Athletic did all of their grades as we approach Memorial Day in baseball. Katie Wu, who uh, covers Cardinals for The Athletic, she gave the cards a C-. It's been a, a tale of two different teams for the Cardinals so far. After the first five weeks of the season, St. Louis was in last place in the National League Central and owned the worst record in the National League. Since then, they've racked up four wins, four series wins and sit just five games back from the first place Brewers. The Cardinals severely disappointed to start the year. Now they're frantically making up for it. What do you get when you follow up an abysmal beginning with an impressive stretch of games? You get the grade of satisfactory at least for now. Can I ask a question? Is it a little early to be grading? We're well, a month and a half into the season. Well, you're grading Is this based like a progress report? They, it's a progress report. Now, if if it were if it was a progress it was if it was my progress report in the 6th grade, I'd change the C- to a B-, but the Cardinals can't do that, Jamie. They don't have the means. They're trying to. Yeah. C-, fair, accurate, what do you think? Oh, I think it's 
I think it's fair. Look where they are in the standings and look how far down they were at one point. It's absolutely fair. What's the curve, though? Because this division is awful. Could be a B plus if you're looking at some of the other teams in the division. You know, uh, are I, we grading on a curve? If we are grading on a curve, this isn't the AL East where you would say, okay, well, the Blue Jays, even though they're in fourth place, they get like a B, B or something, right? Because their division is strong. Yeah, they're just, exactly. So if we got to do it that way, then I would say D plus. For yeah, the I was going to say be, the grade gets worse. Yeah, because this division is not good. No. I feel like maybe it's a you know, more challenging class. You know, maybe what? it's a higher class. Maybe it's like the Marsh. blue reading group and the orange reading group. Anthony. Sure. Have you seen this reading group? It's not more challenging. Mm-mm. No, the AL East would be the blue reading group. For sure. Is that the yeah. highest? In first grade it was for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I started with the blue. Mm-hmm. I started with the blue reading group. Did you? Wound up with the orange. Oof. Yeah. Everybody knew. Sorry about that. Everybody knew. What are you doing over there? The signs were yeah. all around us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Jamie. <laughs> I think C minus is fair. If you want to be a little harsh, you can give them give them a D plus. But the offense has been the offense has been very good, great at times, and this pitching staff has been below average at at best. Uh, an absolute sack of moldy onions at Ew. worst. Ooh. Yeah. And if we're comparing them to their expectations that we've had uh, heading into the year, they're definitely at like a D or an F. What were your expectations how... for the pitching staff, though? I better than be this. Okay. It better, yeah, it was better than this. And it wasn't that high. It's no. like that meme like, you know, our expectations were low, but my goodness. This is real low. Yeah. Your expectations were for... Uh, like, you know, fast food, basically. Like, ah, you know, it's a, it'll do in a pinch. Yeah. For the pitching staff. Because that's a difference there, too. Yeah, some fast foods were actually really good. Yeah. This would be like, I don't know, burger. Actually, a lot of fast Taco food Bell. tastes really oh, good. Oh, I like Taco Bell. The cheesy gordita crunch. Ooh, that's that, solid. That little yeah. spicy ranch, whatever the Chipotle yeah. ranch. Yeah, My that's gosh. that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Can we get some of those? I'm hungry you now, too. Man, those, those are really solid. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, the expectations were for the pitching staff to be average. They've been well below average. All right, so we're good with D plus then as a show. D plus, yeah, for the Cardinals. Sounds about like C is average, right? So C is average. They're not even too average yet, though. Five, is C average, average would be five hundred? Yeah, average yeah, is five hundred. Yeah, they're not. But I don't think a C is an average. Is yeah, it? it is. That's how you... C is the passing grade. Yeah, it's average. Uh, it's not average because I thought D like a D was a passing. The grade. average of the group would then be taken into account. So you'd have to take all the winning percentages of the group and establish what the actual average is. And I'm not smart enough to do that, by the way. I just no. know that you, that's what you have to do. Then you have to divide and or multiply by pi. There's three one point. Three multiply point one every time. Uh, yeah, multiply. One four. That's correct. One five nine. Yes. Two six five. Mm-hmm. Three five eight. Nine seven nine. And there's a W somewhere. Or three, two, three, I think. Yeah. Eight six seven five three oh nine. Yeah, oh nine. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, sports six pack coming up three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. They have a question for us, and why wouldn't you look at us? Uh, that's the Air Comfort Service text line. 
Sports Six Pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. 503, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. All right, we had a few text messages come in comparing the gas or the gas station, comparing the pitching staff to gas station food uh, from the 618. This pitching staff is like a gas station hot dog from the 616. This pitching staff is gas station sushi. My question for you guys is, what is your favorite gas station snack? Well, I don't... Okay, so let's back it up a second here. I think that that was a little unfair to the gas station hot dog. Yeah, I I really like the gas station hot dog. Are we talking about a hot dog or are we talking about like uh, one of those... Like the pigs in a blanket? Tornadoes or whatever they're called. Tornado? No, no. Like the hot dogs on the rollers. They have different yeah. things on rollers, though. They, I know yeah, you're, I, you're I'm well aware of the, the hot dog. I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. they've got... Those things aren't bad, Jamie. Don't look at me that way. I know, but we're literally saying hot dog. And you're asking us if we're talking about a hot dog. No, what I'm saying is... Sorry, you're right, Jamie. I'm not... I didn't mean to ask it that way, okay? Are you thinking of the taquitos? Yeah. Yeah, what I'm saying Which is... Which is not a hot dog. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> Can we include the no. taquito? No, it's a different category altogether. Okay. Well, that's, you, you can include the taquito in your favorite yeah. like, then on, gas that's station I'm, snack. That's what I'm going to do. But he I was, was talking about hot dogs, though. Yeah, because I, I like that. I don't agree with you know, gas station hot dogs are bad. You just have to know how to pick them. You got to pick the mm-hmm. right wiener, Anthony. That's true. That's good advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, the corn dogs. You ever have the corn dogs? Corn dogs, Jackie. Or like the pigs and corn, corn dogs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Corn dogs are solid. Mm-hmm. Again, right. though, you got to pick bread. the right one. Put bread around, around yeah. the, on the wiener. Sure. Yeah. You got to make sure that it's crispy. For sure. Around mm-hmm. the wiener. Because you don't want a soggy one. That's no good. No. no. It's no fun you're just for... eating like dough. That's yeah, no fun for, for sure. anybody. No. Is that your guys' favorite gas station snack? Mine uh, is I, the hot I dog. Like, I like beef oh. jerky as beef well. Beef jerky is good. The problem is... You need a loan before you yeah. you buy the beef jerky. What's up with that? What happened to that, by the way? Like beef jerky used to be a snack when I was a kid that was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, Stewie, can you help me refinance some things over here <laughs> so <laughs> I can buy some beef jerky? What by you- the way, it's at Stewie with Stewart's American Mortgage Corporation. Oh, what do you think about doing there, uh, Jamie? Uh, remodeling your house? No, I'd like to get some beef jerky for a road trip that uh, I'm going on. Here's your small little baggie. Yeah, then you open it up. It smell. It smells awful. I mean, it tastes good, but it smells awful. It's like it you up. just released a fart. Absolutely. The and then uh, you realize in the car too. It's great. You get that big bag, and then you have to put your hand all the way in there, yeah. and then you get the right at the bottom there. You get a couple of strips of Cause beef a jerky. Right up strips of yep meat. Yeah. yeah. So the hot dog's my favorite snack from gas stations. I, I like just, to take uh, the bun and spread it open mm-hmm. and then take the mustard and I fill the buns 
mm-hmm. with mustard and drop the wiener right in there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you relish that. No, not often. Is that a dad joke? <laughs> I like chocolate bars. They're coming. Question number two. That statement needed a dad joke, I think. <laughs> After uh, what Jamie did to it. From the 636. With the rotation struggling, how come we haven't heard anything about Dakota Hudson? He's hurt. Oh, he's hurt and he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, he's, uh, I think, I still think, I think he's still hurt. He's hurt, unfortunately. I don't like to, to see that. No. But, uh, uh, but yeah, he's, he's not an option. Yeah, spring training was rough. Mm. And then he went down to Memphis to get hurt. So, there you go. Question number three. From the 573, based off what you have seen so far, who are your Major League Baseball division winners? Oh, my. Based on what we've seen? Or what we expect. Yeah, because based on what we've seen, I would say that the uh, Rays, Twins, Rangers, Braves, Brewers, (laughs) and Dodgers. <laughs> if we're going, you're such a jerk. <laughs> you're such a jerk. That I didn't was mean brutal. it to sound that way. You know that was. I'm just saying. You know what he means by the question. No, I. I basically, didn't. he's saying basically of what you've seen from all the teams and maybe your expectations. Who are the division winners? Oh. Not like, oh, well, just pull up first place. Me. Well, I, Jamie, I just wanted to clear, clarify the question. It's like your hot dog he, question. Yeah, I know. I don't know why you're struggling with this assignment so I, bad. I'm not. Probably because you got moved down to the Orange Reading Group. Well, that's you know, I still haven't gotten over that. Apparently, it's tough, Jamie. All my friends were in the Blue Reading Reading Group. Ah, they're not your friends anymore, Anthony. No, they turned their back <laughs> on me. They've moved on. They turned their back on me. They found somebody else in the Blue Reading Group. Uh, yeah, I would say the Rays. I would say the Twins. I would say the Rangers. <laughs> I would say the Braves. The same I would say the Cardinals. Oh! And I would say the Dodgers. All right, I'll go Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves, Rangers. I like the Tigers. You like the Tigers? In the Central. Okay. And uh, yeah, the Rays. I mean, kind of, I mean, it's pretty much the only one that's really out of place here, guys, is. The Cardinals in their division and the Padres in their division. And I'm not saying the Padres should be competing for first place, but they should be right up nipping on the heels of the Dodgers, and the Cardinals should certainly not be in fourth place at this point. Not with that gas station sushi of a pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Question number four. Speaking of the gas station sushi pitching staff, from the 314, has Steven Matz run out of leash yet? We're growing impatient. I think that he has completely run out of highway, and tomorrow night is a massive start for Matthew Libertor. And if he winds up putting forth a pretty good uh, start, which I anticipate he will, he's in the rotation. Steven Matz in the bullpen. Thanks for coming out. And sorry about your car. What was the question? I was reading text messages. Oh, it was, uh, has Steven Matz run out of leash yet? Basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, uh, the pinch collar has gone off on him. There's no more leash left for that guy, unfortunately. He's gonna, he might get some more leash in a month or so. Who knows? I still predict he gets one more start and then he gets relegated to the bullpen. 
question number five. From the 314, how many All-Stars will be from the Cardinals this season? Gorman. Um, Goldie. Newt. I'll say three. Mm, I don't think Newt gets there. I think Goldie and Gorman are your only representation in the All-Star game. Although, wow, Nolan Arenado is looking pretty good, too. Yeah, he's starting to, starting to yeah, slide a little, a little bit. bit. But what's his competition, then? Right? Because you look at, it's usually Machado. Mm, but that he's ain't, that ain't, Yeah, he's in, and that ain't working out. Maybe Key Brian Hayes. But they usually, what, bring two or three to the All-Star game? Who, the Pirates? Or the Cardinals? No, the, the All-Star position, game. Position-wise. I think it's like two, right? Or three. They go three innings each. Does that work? I don't, am it, I crazy? It, it'll be it'll be at least two. I think Arenado gets in there based yeah. off his last name. JD JD Davis is the only other third baseman. Well, Spencer Steer's been okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think series. he'll be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be starting over Arenado. Oh, they no. got to start in the All Star right. game? No, well, Austin I, I, no. Riley. So Austin oh, Austin Riley the starter for sure. Austin Riley will be the starter. I think Arenado, Goldie, and Gorman get there. That that's my final three. I don't Go- think I think based yeah. on that, Newt won't get the call just because there's too many Cardinals. So, who do you think would start? I think Gorman will be the DH. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Goldie might not make it. Really, Anthony? What the hell are you talking about? What? You got Freddie Freeman. You got, uh, oh, what's his name? Big strong guy. P. Alonzo. Great question here. What about, uh, Forever DeYoung from the 314? Well, he should. That's for sure. He should. But what, what's his competition? And you got Francisco Lindor. Mm hmm. Um, who am I missing here? Obvious. Trey Turner. Trey, yeah. Who's been terrible? Yeah, he's yeah. not been good. That's why I paused there. He was all right. Yesterday. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, he's, he's doing pretty good. Uh, Xander Bogarts, who is not hitting that well, but he's with the Padres now, not with the Red Sox. You got to at least throw him in the mix. I mean, at the end of the day, trade turn. These big names, names are going to get a lot of votes. I mean, most of it's from the fans. Very true. They want to see the big time guys play. So, um, so it looks like Paul DeYoung will definitely be an All Star for sure. Should be. Guys. Question number six. If there was one player in any of the four major sports from St. Louis that you would plop on a team right now, who would it be? What team? On any of the St. Louis teams. Matthew Kachuk. Oh, yeah. It's a no-brainer. I'd take Jason Tatum, but we're minus a basketball team. Yeah, it's tough blow. Tough one. Mm. Sure is. What about Max Scherzer? Put him on the Cardinals right now. Need a starter? You guys, it's not enough. That would be good, but we're looking for great. And, and we're looking Chuck is for great. we're looking for uh, term here too. Yeah, we got Scherzer for a year, right? Two. If Kachuk for eight, exactly. The answer is Matthew Kachuk. I mean, it's re- there's really no debate. Well said. Thank you. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. Speaking of Matthew Kachuk, he led the, uh, the Panthers to the Stanley Cup final last night. Are we witnessing an absolute superstar being born right in front of us? And he's from our backyard. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right-
right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Matthew Kachuk helps lead the Florida Panthers to the Stanley Cup final. I hate to do this, uh, but Marsh, can you read off that text we just got? Uh oh. From the 618? Yeah. Oh, God. Again? Here we go. <clears throat> Woohoo! Anthony is going to rub Kachuk in our face. He's not a blue, so screw him. I think that is one of the worst takes I've, I've heard from the 618. This kid, first of all, has roots right here in St. Louis. He's one of us. Now, Jamie might be from Canada. I might be from parts unknown. But we do have one St. Louis kid Mm -hmm. right here in this studio. And we bleed St. Louis. Matthew Gachuk, born and raised right here in the Lou. Well, he's technically born. He went to high school right in the Lou. I'm just... He went to high school in the Lou. He did. He was raised in St. Louis. He played hockey right, right here. here. Yes, he did. He's a St. Louis mm-hmm. kid. At the Hardy's Iceplex. Yeah. His father, in case we need to remind the 618, bled blue. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? Hmm? <clears throat> you got a problem with us talking about a St. Louis kid whose father bled for this city? That's what your issue is? Because he's not a St. Louis Blue right now? If somebody else had a possum right now that I could trade you for, I would. Again? Yes. What happened to the possum, by the way? Did we get that in return? I don't I thought we were gonna return I thought I thought we were gonna turn that into a rally possum. I think I need to go back and see what day we made the trade. Yeah. See the transaction history because Oakland I believe they probably the, can't pay to send it to us. They probably like, can't. I feel like the Cardinals started to turn things around. They did. Does somebody have a does somebody have the possum like at, in the bowels of Bush Stadium someplace maybe. and they just didn't let us know? That'd be great. Maybe yeah. they didn't maybe they don't know. They're like, it's why the hell is this to why, keep it a secret? Why the hell is this possum here? Mm-hmm. It's from Oakland. That's a good point. Anyways, Matthew Kachuk, stud. Absolute stud. Yeah, and to, to kind of bounce back on you know, you're answering the, the 618 on this one here is the 618 is mad because he's not a blue. That's fine. You can be angry at whoever you want. Yeah, but don't say screw him. Correct. You can't dislike the individual just because he's not a blue. Um, yeah. That's you're not a blue 618. Do we hate you? Good point, Anthony. Good point. But no, Matthew Kachuk, uh, look, let's just start from the beginning here. Chantel and Keith Kachuk did an incredible job of raising all three of their children. You talk, you spend five minutes talking to any one of their kids, and you're blown away with their maturity level. And I'm talking like when they were 14, 15 years old. Just amazing kids, well-mannered, great work ethic, respect, all of that. That has translated into what they've done beyond. So Taryn is an incredible field hockey player. 
She's a true athlete. The, the boys say that she's the best athlete in the family. Brady Kachuk, we know his success. He's a captain of the Ottawa Senators. Had himself a pretty darn good year last year. Going to be a pretty dominant player in this league for a long time. And Matthew, we see every, every other night now what he's able to do. So why not root for that? Why not root for the good guy? The good guy who, I mean, endless hours at Hardy's Iceplex working on his game. Endless hours as kids shooting pucks and doing all sorts of stuff blood, sweat, and tears going into it. They weren't handed anything. Why not be happy for that? We always talk about, here in St. Louis especially, Yeah. always talk about the blue-collar kid, right? The blue. I understand Keith Kachuk made a lot of money, and Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk and Taryn were probably comfortable growing up. But that money doesn't create the desire to be the best. It doesn't. You either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. And these kids were hungry the whole time. So... I understand. I wish he was a St. Louis Blue as well. Wish he was. It didn't happen. The Calgary Flames had a say in this too. So you can't just point the finger at Doug Armstrong and say, Yarmy, you didn't go get him. How do we know what the hell he offered? And how do we know Calgary's going to take it? Calgary ended up taking an incredible package of players from the Florida Panthers. So much so that people thought the Florida Panthers were going to nosedive this year. All of that for one guy? They got a lot in return. So anyways... I know it's a bit of a diatribe, a little bit of whatever, but I, I love seeing kids be successful that you you see them. You see their personal growth over the course of time from when they're small children running around the locker room, whacking a ball of tape around with a stick and, you know, beating each other up in the locker room and doing all this kind of stuff to where they are today and watching Matthew Kachuk on the NHL's biggest stage do nothing but outperform the opponent, drag his team to the Stanley Cup final with three game winners and an assist on a game winner in a four game sweep. Yeah, this is this isn't regardless of him being from St. Louis, which is really cool. This would be remarkable for any player. This is noteworthy for the, his performance is noteworthy for any player, let alone somebody that we had an opportunity to to watch Jamie you more more so than anybody. Watch grow up in front of our eyes here. And he deserves it. He's only 25, too. What would you say prime is for play? Because it's like baseball, baseball 26 to 31 or so. Wait till you see him at like 27, 28. If he's doing this now, think of the, the knowledge, the IQ, the all the things I knew at 33, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't have the body, the speed, and all the injuries. It's fine. But at 33 years old... I knew more about the game than when I was at 23. Yeah. Like way more. So Matthew at 25, when he gets to be 28 and he takes all this amazing talent that he has and adds to his fountain of knowledge that is his hockey brain, I mean, he is going to be really dominant. Absolutely. And we could say the same thing about Jason Tatum, who's also playing on the NBA side of things in the Eastern Conference. Right now, he put up 33 the other night to keep his team alive. Absolutely, and he may do so again tonight. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Jason Tatum. No, absolutely. You got two young superstars. Tatum's already a superstar. Mm-hmm. Matthew ha- is emerging as one. And I wonder if he. I mean, he always has played the way that he he plays now. I wonder if him just being out west in Calgary sort of diminished that a little bit. Well, it's tough. Like, because in Canada, he's huge. For sure. So the Canadian television and media, yeah, they follow the team nonstop. 
And so Matthew Kachuk, you know, couldn't walk down the street in Canada. We didn't get that here because not a lot of people are tuning in for the Calgary Flames, who, by the way, in a different time zone, come on late at night and usually run counter maybe to what your Blues are playing, unless you played the Blues. So this kid has been a star from the moment he got to the NHL. Last year he put up amazing numbers, and this year he put up even better numbers, and now he's going to the Stanley Cup Final as the, as the guy. The guy, him. He's the number one player on that team. I know Bobrovsky's done a great job. Let's just say it's a tie for the contributions of both players. So, anyways, I'm I'm thrilled for the kid. Not because he's ju- not just because he's from St. Louis. I'm thrilled because he put the work in, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to. Those kids could have just rested on dad's bank account. They could have. Wouldn't have been that hard. Be good kids, get good grades, go get a job, do whatever. Ah, that's fine. We're gonna be okay. But they didn't. And that goes back to Walt and Chantel. Again, it's, raising it's these kids blood. to be hungry and be competitive at anything they do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in their blood to be more than that. So yeah. good for them. Rooting for Matthew Kachuk, rooting for Jason Tatum, certainly. Uh, and we will find out if it's the Golden Knights. It, it most likely will be, but game four tonight between the Golden Knights and Stars for the Western Conference Finals. Pre-game starting at 6.30, instant replay immediately following the show here at 6 o'clock. We have our biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Time for the biggest question of the day in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. What do you got, Marsh? All right. The biggest question of the day comes from Matt, and I find this one to be pretty interesting. Could Adam Wainwright's role change after he gets 200 wins? With the implication being that he, what, shifts to, like, the bullpen? Coaching staff. Whoa, Jamie, no. are you serious? No, I didn't. No, I he's don't. just tossing out. I'm saying, you know, like, scenarios. Just, you know. I think that's what Matt was asking is, mm-hmm. like, because this role change. What? No, I don't think so. No. Mm. I think the 200 win mark probably means a lot to Wayno. I also think that Adam Wainwright is a prideful guy and uh, will want to compete for more than just the individual number. That's my feel on Adam Wainwright. Vote Wayno. I think he said two two twelve was a number. Because obviously two hundred is the the number that a lot of people are saying he needs to get to if he wants to to get into the Hall of Fame. But I, I really do believe he wants to break some cardinal records along the way as well. Well, two twelve. Uh, let's see here. Two twelve would be Chief Bender. <laughs> Chief Benders. He's got 212 wins. What is this? Chief Bender? Yes. My goodness. Is he a part of the team now? Sheldon Chief Bender. No, sorry. Charles Albert Chief Bender. Is that the name of his pitch? <laughs> it just reminds me of Schoolboy Pro. Schoolboy Pro. <laughs> I don't know other... Let's see here. Uh, Bob Welch was two eleven. I don't know. You can, I mean, there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of pitchers that he could be aiming for. 
So uh, never mind. Who cares? Yeah. Let's say let's just use the no, two. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that anything changes. I, I think he'll. He wants it. I think he wants a number of two hundred career well, wait, wins. Where but. are you seeing this? I'm looking at the list. This is Bob Gibson, Jesse Haynes, Adam Wainwright. Well, those are that's the career. That's that's the current Card- guys. That's what he's talking. Yeah, about. Cardinal. Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals. Yeah. I was yeah. talking about everybody. Yeah, Bob oh, Gibson's no. current. Bob Gibson, Anthony. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't hear Bob Gibson. Who is Chief Bender? <laughs> I'm looking at the MLB, the all-time list of Major League Baseball career wins. Okay, not Cardinals, not just Cardinals. Exit out of that one, Anthony. Okay. Marshy clearly was talking about Cardinals. So Bob Gibson's at 251. Jesse Haynes is at 210. So two, I thought it was 212. I guess 211 is where he wants to get. Where's to. Chief Bender on that list, though? He, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's on it. Oh, okay. I mean, I could see why Adam Wainwright would want to be second to only Bob Gibson. I mean, that'd be quite the accomplishment in Cardinals history to be, hey, I'm right there next to Bob Gibson. Not really, because he'd still be like 35 wins or so behind him, but I'd be kind of cool. Be like, hey, here's the all-time list of Cardinals wins. It's Bob Gibson, Adam Wainwright. What's Bob? What's (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hang on, hang on. Before you ask that question, I'm going to ask you a question. Who do you think has the best win-loss percentage in Cardinals History pitching percentage win win loss mm-hmm, at seven nineteen. It ain't Bob Gibson. Um, seven nineteen. This is according to BaseballReference.com. Uh, oh, Carpenter, Chris Carpenter. Yeah, like we both. I say Chris Carpenter. All right, I'm going to give you a hint. It's not Chris Carpenter. This Let's... pitcher pitched from 1886 oh. to 1896. <laughs> I don't know. His name is Icebox Chamberlain. <laughs> oh my god! Did people just name their kids after things they saw in the room? <laughs> I'm sorry. That is the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> and there goes a schoolboy. Schoolboy row. Schoolboy row. Hey, honey, look at the icebox. Icebox. I I just love the the old time records. He hasn't done that since paper. Paper Clip McGee in 1807 for the Philadelphia Athletics. Like it's just, it's just unbelievable. He had a brother named Paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, it's always some outstanding name. Here's another good one, and this guy is top ten in wins he, with 112, and then he's also number five in win loss percentage. Silver King. Silver King. There we go. Yeah. Silver King. He pitched from 1886 to 1897. Feels like yesterday. He was with the Cardinals for three seasons. It's, all right. it's From 87 to 89. You see the 1800s, tape on him? that is. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Nobody has. Yeah. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Have you seen the video? <laughs> yeah, I saw his YouTube clips. <laughs> Got a million views. Have you seen the video? Like the first ever video made. It was like a horse running. Yeah, but it's like super yeah. slow. It's, well, it's the frames. It's actually it's the frames. It's pictures, yeah, it's pictures that that's, they. That's what a video is. Had you know? in sequence, like yes. an actual. And it's like it's like a. <laughs> Those are his highlights. It looks like the girl from uh, the ring. The ring. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, so what was the question? Adam Wainwright's rule. Yeah, no, he's just gonna stay in the starting rotation. Yeah, I think he stays in the rotation. Five ERA, six ERA, seven ERA, he don't care. 
I mean, look, he cares, but let's be honest. The Cardinals are never going to take him out of the rotation. And, you know, we'll see where it is a month from now. Wayno feels like it's turning around for him. He knows himself better than we do. So let's see where it is in a month. He's our number one guy, Anthony. For what? Payroll. That makes sense. Where you got, Marsh? <laughs> I'm just reading some of these text messages. Oil can Boyd. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. He had the little foot I actually cap. remember the old. Boston Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I liked watching him pitch. You, you never knew what the hell's going to happen with him. You're right. Chief Bender and R.L. Chalk went at it back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are saying we should call Adam Wainwright Chief Bender because of his curveball. We already give him Uncle Charlie. Chief Bender's better, though. Oh, man. Is it? Hmm. All right. <laughs> Cannonball. Oh, my God. Marshy's, I don't know what he's researching or what the hell he's got up on. I'm just, I'm just reading. Our, our listeners are really funny. Yeah, they are. They're just super funny people. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap up the show. What you miss, criticisms, compliments next. (laughs) We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything on today's show, you can check us out on the uh, podcast, 101ESPN.com, or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got to the root of a lot of things today. Talked about Miles Michaelis' performance, why Matthew Libertor has the start of his life coming up tomorrow night. Boy, I can't wait. Uh, why Stephen Matz should probably make his way to the bullpen. Talked to Barrett Jackman as well about the Stanley Cup playoffs and Matthew Kachuk also talked to Chris Kerber a little hockey mixed in there as well and did some uh, NFL four downs talked about which coach is likely to be let go at some point during the season it's all available at the podcast tomorrow got a jam-packed show for you BT will likely join us at some point during the show before the Cardinals take on the Guardians tomorrow night Matt Holiday or Friday visit with Matt Holiday, and we have Roman Berkey, STL City Keeper, who's going to join us too at 3 o'clock. And yes, I will ask Roman Berkey why he always looks like he's yelling at his teammates. What if he just starts yelling at you at that point? If I get an explanation, I'm good with it. What if he just, no explanation, just starts yelling because, like, maybe he's just a yeller. Then I'll pause. Yeah. And I'll ask it again. That's a good strategy. So looking forward to tomorrow's show. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? We have one from Swan, who says, Hey, great show today, guys. Great listen, as always. Have a great rest of your day, guys. P.S. I 100% thought the cards were going to lose once I saw the lineup out. It was like punting on third down. Yeah, yeah. Which makes no sense. Swan's but, yeah. not wrong. I mean, right? the punt, uh, Swan's comment makes sense, but punting on third down, Jamie. That, that's usually frowned upon, Anthony. Um, however, I totally understand the analogy. The Cardinals put out um, 
a lineup without Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Contreras. Didn't look promising. Boy, were we wrong. All they needed was Nolan Gorman. They needed to get that that dead weight out of the lineup. Yeah, good call. Let some of these young guys carry this team. Here's my question to you guys. With Wilson Contreras struggling, when do you start to blame him for the team's problems again and move him to DH? Uh, I at, at, least at what point? Wait till June. Who's that? With Wilson Contreras struggling at the dish right now, at what point do you blame all of the team's problems on him and move him back to DH permanently? Hmm. Or for at least a week. See, I think that the team is fine with him struggling. They don't want to blame him when he's struggling. They just want to blame him when they're struggling. So if the Cardinals start to lose again, Mm -hmm. that's when it gets risky. Okay. All right. I got you. That makes sense. I mean, you can only base your future prediction off past results, right? Jamie, you you see my point on this, though. No. Contreras, you need to get Contreras going. The last time he really got going is when you blamed him Mm. for things that really are unfair to him and move him to DH. So I'm just I'm just trying to think of ways to get Willis Contreras going again. Well, if you really want to get him going, you put him out in left field. Okay. DH was good, but it was a temporary fix. Only pissed him off fifty percent. Gotcha. You so piss him really off. take him off. You got to yeah. do something else. Because you know, he said to you, "I don't. I have no desire to be in that outfield." So yep. whatever you said yesterday, you're gonna have to walk that back. And they did, but now they're like, "You're starting left fielder, Wilson Contreras." That makes sense. Oh, good, good enough for me. Uh, by the way, Fast Lane Rizzuto Show from 1057 The Point. We're squaring off once again on a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. You can join us next Saturday, June 3rd, at Carshield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri for the Fast Lane vs. Rizzuto Show home run derby. It's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. There will be that fast pitch home run derby, MLB alumni home run derby. Featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Specio, and Bo Hart. General admission tickets on sale right now for just $15. You get all the details for this year's O'Fallon Hoots Home Run Derby now at 101ESPN.com. Marsh, we get any more criticisms or compliments? Oh, absolutely. Uh, We had quite the gauntlet today. Back and forth and back and forth. We didn't know if Kyle would win or lose. From the 618, is this Cardinals front office running the show? Yes. Uh-huh. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. It was an epic battle, though. It was. It was a really good battle. Mm. And, Jamie, I thought that you showed a lot of maturity. Uh, You took accountability. You thought that you were right on one of the answers. So you forced everybody to to do a tiebreaker, and you won that tiebreaker. But then you did more research on the fly and realized that you weren't 100% correct on the one that you thought that you got right the question that you got right you're right so you conceded and rightfully so and our guy kyle's going to join us again tomorrow jamie hmm. nice job thank you a lot of maturity oh you know 
on that same segment from the 314. What a freaking segment. Ha ha, awesome. From the 314, such wholesome content. I think I can get used to this. LOL. Which one was that from? Is that the I hot think, dog conversation? No, no, I think it Does was. Jamie, the, uh, should Jamie go over the hot dog that he likes again? Uh, we, I mean, we could. He likes to prepare it a certain way. I yeah. thought it was interesting. The hot dog? There's yeah. only one way to do it. There's only one way to do it. You spread the buns open with the bun. Yep. And for me, I fill up the bun with the mustard. Mm-hmm. And then I make sure I drop my wiener right in there. Yep. Like and a Vienna I, sausage? Well, it depends how big, right? If you had the bigger buns. If you got a bratwurst, you want the brat bun. That makes more sense, right? Right. Or you just then you're just getting way too much wiener in there, and it's just like, I don't understand. Are you a hot dog or a brat guy? Or do you not care which, which I'm like wiener a, it is? I'm like a ninja. I don't like to limit myself to one style. What? Ninjas, Anthony. They don't limit themselves to karate or judo or jujitsu. They don't. They're everything. They're like the best at everything. Have you talked to a ninja? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you? No. No. But yeah. How would you know? How would I know what? That they're a ninja, unless you're fighting them. Maybe. I mean, if a ninja's just walking around, you wouldn't know. Unless sure you do. No, they're no, yeah. They're secretive. Oh, they walk with those funny slippers that had the slit in them so they can throw ninja stars. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. I don't know where you've been hanging out, but those aren't ninjas. Those aren't ninjas, and I would be really concerned. Will you tell them that. I've got a pair of ninja slippers at home, too. Are they just your old slippers? No, they're great. I get the little slit there. I practiced throwing ninja stars at my house. <laughs> How's that going? I mean, the drywall's suffering a little bit. The dog doesn't like it, but you know, whatever. It'll be fine. Oh, man. Good vet. We have a insert... <laughs> We have instant replay coming up from 6 to 6.30. We also have game four of the Stars and Golden Golden Knights. The Western Conference Finals. Is it over tonight, guys? Is it done, or does Dallas force a game five? What do you Uh, think? It's all over. Okay. It's over. Back up the truck. Back it up. Not a Stars fan. No. Mm -mm. No. Ninja Star fan, though. Well, yeah, especially if Jamie's throwing him in his drywall. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll, we'll try to do better tomorrow. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.